horror guys and gals and welcome back to the we love horror podcast the podcast where we talk about everything and anything horror i'm michael and today i'm joined by my dear friends sergio and cody from the horror bandwagon podcast hello guys how are you hello great to be here thank you for having us on of course i'm really excited this is gonna be great oh yeah we're already hitting it off beforehand I know. Well, <laughs> well, and I I just met Cody today, like in person. So I've been talking to you for quite a while, Sergio. But like yeah. both of you are just so freaking awesome to talk to. Like already, I can. <laughs> I feel like this is going to be a really good episode. So really good back and forth. I you have also, a feeling. We're also getting a little boozy. We have our wines on hand, so <laughs> this may or may not get off the rails, guys. We are so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> so what are you guys drinking today? I have a. Uh, I have a cider. Uh, he's a, he's a cider queen. I, he loves- I have a, a local cider. It's a, it's called horchata cider, but it's it's basically just like spice cider. It's very good. Mm. I'm I'm drinking my rosé. I I love rosé wine. Um, I feel like I if I when I say that out loud, it's like pretentious of me, but <laughs> I I really do like rosé, and it, it it comes in can form, and it's easy for me to drink out of. Mm-hmm. So that's what we're having. Yeah, you're just like, ooh, rosé, pinky up while I drink. Oh, yeah. <laughs> ooh, fancy. Horror movies and rosé. I'm so down with that. <laughs> <laughs> rosé and horror movie party. Ooh. Oh, get me. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, I'm not quite as fancy as you guys. I'm just drinking a regular old, uh, you know, can of Mountain Dew. That's my go-to. So Listen, don't don't knock Mountain Dew. Like, oh, Cody is a Mountain me. Dew fanatic. <laughs> And and who knocks Mountain Dew on a regular basis in our house? It's not me. Oh, well, you like a certain Mountain Dew. <laughs> well, I mean, I, I, personally, I feel like Mountain Dew tastes better out of the can. I don't know what it is, but uh, my <laughs> my preferred favorite is uh, is Code Red because Ooh. I'm very basic. But it's you know that I don't I don't know I didn't know Code Red to, until dating him. It's impossible really? to find Code Red in a can anymore. Which is sad because yeah. that's that's the best delivery method. But yeah, <laughs> Code Red is probably my favorite too. I love it. I think it's delicious. But I've got my you know normal regular Mountain Dew right here, so gonna go with that. But uh, you quenched. Yes. <laughs> um, but again, thank you guys for coming on. I'm really excited because I feel like we've been talking about getting you guys on here for a long time. So. It's yeah. finally finally come to fruition and i'm so fun- i know yes, we're so happy we are we are we are so excited this is something that we've been meaning to do we you know as and we talked about this before michael we were like you're pretty much popping everybody's cherries when it comes to like <laughs> <laughs> when it comes to like first collaborations we're like you are the king you know your way around this so i mean we're we're just very lucky to to be on and have have it like this is our very first oh we 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 saw him coming. We were like, we're not going to to spoil that. You have your Ooh. own little like Mountain Dew server, okay? Yeah, I've got a got, <laughs> I've got a Mountain Dew server on hand. Thank you, Callan. <laughs> For those who haven't seen that, uh, pretty much what we saw was, I guess, your roommate. Yeah, my roommate, Kellen. Yeah, your your roommate came right behind him and gave him a fresh can of Mountain Dew for him. And but also scaring him. <laughs> scared the living crap out of me, yeah. <laughs> and I don't yeah. even have my, I'm not even finished with my first. So, I mean, he's definitely getting a $10 tip after this episode. Oh, for, for <laughs> real. Five stars on Yelp. <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, oh, man. But yeah, no, thank you. Thank you so much for, for doing that. I mean, we I was listening to your other episodes and, you know, everybody seems to have like a really good time on here. So even when we scheduled this back in December, we were, I felt like, oh my God, February is so far away. But here we are. 
Here we are. I know it, it flew by. Um, so am I your guys's first? You are I, our first. Mm-hmm. Our first they collaboration. Should, they should just call me the cherry picker around here. Cause oh my God. <laughs> like you said, I feel like that's pretty accurate. Cause I feel like poorer podcast. I was just had them on a couple weeks yeah. ago and they had told me that I was their first as well. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, you guys horror projects, so horror you know, project. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, <laughs> popping cherries left and right. So, yeah. So please, please go, go gentle with us, please. <laughs> we're, we're, we're newbies at this. <laughs> oh man. Um, but, uh, yeah, before we get into the discussion, do you guys want to just kind of plug your podcast in, let people know, uh, what you guys do for yours? Yes, absolutely. So our podcast is called The Horror Bandwagon. The Horror Bandwagon. I don't want to go into our like like our normal shtick that we have <laughs> on our on our podcast, but basically it is a podcast that comes out on Thursdays. We just started our second season. Mm-hmm. Uh pretty much the premise is that my boyfriend here is not much of a horror lover. Uh he is a scaredy cat, borderline possibly hates some scary movies. Um, and me being the horror lover that I am, uh, I'm willing to take him under my wing and want him to jump on the horror bandwagon. Yes. Uh, so it's pretty much a, a, we watch a bunch of horror movies. Some of them are fun and easy. Some of them are pretty hardcore. And we don't know if Cody will be able to take that. So if you want to join that ride with us, please listen to the horror bandwagon. We are on most platforms. And yeah, that that that's that's our podcast in a in a in a, a nutshell, in a yeah. nutshell. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a, a, a horror lover and a horror skeptic sitting down to discuss horror movies on a weekly basis. I love that. I love um, very also very nice plug, by the way, Sergio. That was very clever. I liked it. Oh, thank you. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, <laughs> but I love your guys' podcast because, you know, you have that different dynamic of, you know, you, Sergio, who's a horror lover, and you, Cody, who's mm-hmm. not so much <laughs> as well versed in the horror genre. Um, yeah, I think that 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 uh, has a very interesting dynamic, like between the two of yeah. them. Have like the differences of you know someone that has seen these movies probably a million times over and over, and someone that hasn't seen mm-hmm. it. You get two different perspectives, and I, I, I oh, think yeah. that's very interesting. I like what you guys do. So and it, it's so fun because we get to learn from each other. So it's not like a like I'm torturing him all the time. Just most of the time. Just, <laughs> but it's pretty much like, you know, even when he told me when we first started dating, he was like, I don't really like horror movies. I'm like, oh, but I still like you. We're going to make this work. So we started to like watch a few horror movies. And off the bat, we were like discussing them during while we were watching them. So this was like maybe a year into our, our relationship and he would just like bash these movies, but not like bash where he's like, this movie sucks. It's mostly like, this will never happen. This is not realistic. And something about Cody is that he is, um, he practices safety engineering as uh, a profession. And so he is mostly looking out for like, this is not what would really happen. And he calls things out. And me being the horror lover that I am, I'm like, wait a minute, I'm going to defend my movie here. We're going to talk about this. Um, and so, so at some point we just said, why not record it? Yeah, yeah, we were like, let's get our shit together. Let's let's record this. Maybe somebody out there would also appreciate this weird ass dynamic. I, I yeah, I love it. I think I think the idea is 
genius. I think you guys have been doing such a fucking good job. You guys have Thank you. been Thank you. killing it with your promotional stuff, like coming back for season <laughs> two. Um, very, very excited to listen to your newest episode. So I'm uh, yes. looking forward to listening to it. So it's uh, very exciting. And no, I'm no, like, we're, we're, we're so excited. Uh, we took a little bit of hiatus. Uh, very much needed, but, you know, we we are back with a vengeance and we're ready to go. Yeah. I mostly feel bad for Cody because we have a lineup that he I don't know who that he's ready for. <laughs> I've already well, I've already been told that, like, I'm not going to like a lot of the movies this season. So we'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. See, um, here's here's some advice I can give you guys. So I I've actually done this thing where I, ca- I call it the ABCs of horror where I okay. just. So this is for anybody that doesn't love horror movies. Like, and it's actually in my case, proven to work on some people. Like I had a friend who hated horror movies, like was terrified of them. And Mm -hmm. what I did was I just started him off on like the least scary one that I could think of and just built slowly built him up until he was like pretty much desensitized to all of it. And it worked because now he loves horror movies. So, oh my God, that's perfect. (laughs) That's something that you and Cody could, could work on doing too. It's just, you know. That's See, sort of like I, what we did actually when we were first starting to do horror movies because yeah. now we have a tradition of um even separate from the podcast watching a horror movie every Sunday and yeah um so that's we, our like tradition tradition in our we started off with some with some easy to digest ones and there and I ended up liking a lot of them um I, I think that when I like when I thought of a horror movie I thought of like saw or like it, 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 i thought of things that were like gory or like overly terrifying because i watched um the whole reason that i stopped watching horror movies actually because i used to be really into like scary stories and stuff when i was a kid was because when i was in college i like i, I didn't really watch horror movies because i would like i i just have a very active imagination and i would start like imagining that like someone was following me or something and it would freak me out. So I just didn't really watch horror movies. And at some point in college, um, some friends were getting together to watch paranormal activity for Halloween. And I was like, you know what? I'm like, I'm, I'm an adult. I can handle this. I'll put my big boy pants on and we'll go watch paranormal (laughs) activity. And so we did. And like, I was fine for most of the movie because especially paranormal activity, so many of the scares were ruined by the trailers. Like you watched the trailer of that and you saw like, the the woman in the kitchen all the cabinets fly open at once and jump her so like we i'd watch that and every time we get to the kitchen any scene with the kitchen i'm like is this the one is this when they they all fly (laughs) open and then um i got to the very end and it like you know spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen paranormal activity at the very end um the the wife basically goes downstairs and starts like screaming and that like was really chilling Mm -hmm. and then I had to go back and like retrieve my stuff because I was studying in our our dorm had a kitchen and I was studying in the kitchen. So I had to go retrieve my stuff. And the 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 kitchen was very dark and the light switch is like 10 feet in. So I'm like trying to like reach over and like keep as much of my body in the actual illuminated <laughs> part of the little hallway before I could get to the light switch. And then I I remember that night. Um my roommate and I had bunk beds in our dorm at the time because our dorm room was very small and I was on the, the top bunk. And I remember waking up at like two in the morning and I just hear this like demonic chanting coming oh from the God. bunk underneath me. What? I just casually demonic chanting terrified completely. Like I, I couldn't move. I was convinced this is like, I was about to die <laughs> paranormal activity style. Uh, and so I like, I, I had, I would fall asleep listening to music 
in college. And so I just like put my headphones in, like turned the volume up as loud as possible and just like eventually fell back asleep. But after that, I never watched horror movies again uh, up until we started watching horror movies together. So like it, it really put a like just a, a, a sour taste in my mouth because the one time that I like actually branched out and decided to try it, it like that happened. And it, and I like brought it up with my roommate the next morning. He was like, oh, I must've been, apparently he listened to a lot of Swedish death metal. So he was like, I must've been just like singing along in my sleep or something. Like, come on. It, it really, that, but that's my experience with horror up until now. So I had this I had this like preconceived notion about what horror was. And then as we start watching these movies, some of these movies were like, I wouldn't have considered them horror. And I had seen them many times and I loved them. Mm-hmm. And yeah. uh, so I, I think that I was just being too closed off to it because there are still some movies that I uh, like saw is a great example of like, I, I, we watched it cause that was the plan for the podcast, but I didn't really have high hopes for it uh, because I just like, I had, again, preconceived notions of what Saw was. And I don't want to, I don't want to reveal too much about how I felt about it because you should go listen to the podcast. But, (laughs) uh, you know, it, 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 there are some movies that I like, I I still can't do, but there's a lot, like, I actually really love slasher movies. Yeah. So like getting to, getting to watch all of them, like all the screen movies and everything. I loved it. It was a lot of fun. So I have been really enjoying getting to watch all these movies that I never would have watched on my own because I just thought that they were going to scare me too much. With that being said, we may or may not be revisiting the Paranormal Activity franchise. (laughs) (laughs) Cody's like, I just shot myself in the foot with that one. We're just going to really go deep into traumatic experiences. (laughs) Well, as long as I don't wake up in the middle of the night to you or our dog chanting demonically, I'll be fine. (laughs) Or standing over the bed with a kitchen knife or something. Oh, yeah. No, no, thanks. No promises. We can't. No promises. Sergio's like, this is just an every every Tuesday night. That's what I do. Oh, yeah. Sorry. I just wake up at 3 a.m with a knife in my hand yeah it's normal (laughs) (laughs) just just cutting up veggies what are you talking about yeah i'm cutting up the vegetables (laughs) for our our stew tomorrow that i'm gonna put you in (laughs) oh man Mm, some nice stew (laughs) well yeah guys listen to the uh, to the horror bandwagon it's a good time (laughs) yes yes oh did you also want to tell them where they can find you like on you know social media and whatnot yeah, social media. Uh, we are on Instagram, uh, which is the horror bandwagon. We are also on Twitter, but we don't really use it as much. We're trying to get better at it. Uh, we know how to tweet, but <laughs> we just don't have the time to do it. But yes, we are on there at horror bandwagon uh, as well. If you guys want to email us to just communicate with us or if you want to send us any like suggestions or if you just want to rag on Cody for just for a good time, um, you can <laughs> Contact us at thehorrorbandwagon at gmail.com. Nice. Poor Cody over there. He's just getting... I know. Poor me. He's getting ragged on today. <laughs> but you heard it here, folks. It's on record. He's having a good time. <laughs> I am. Listen, I, uh, with, with a couple uh, specific low points, generally speaking, um, I've loved a lot of the movies that we've seen so far. That's good. Good, <laughs> good. Did you guys want to get into the five question round? Yeah, yeah. let's do it. Cool. So yeah, I'll ask you and Cody the same question. And then um, Sergio, if you want to ask Cody and I the question, and then Cody, mm. you ask Sergio and myself the questions. So, yeah. Okay. And then uh, you guys can go first. One of you guys can go first since you are the guest of honor today. Well, so I think I'll start because I have uh, my first question is actually about both underwater and alien. Ooh, oh, okay. So, um, so we talked about underwater and alien both being uh, potential options this week. You know, it, it, 
If you had to choose between being in one of the two movies, either being trapped alone in space or trapped alone at the bottom of the ocean, both being chased by monsters, which would you choose? Do you want me to go first? Yeah, you can go first, Sergio. Okay. Um, Okay, so I have a very, very big fear of open water. Like, what's down there? There's so much shit. And underwater answers that because I'm like, this is what I am afraid of, that there is this huge fucking monster uh, that is making me look like a little speck um, compared to it. So as much as I would say I would rather be in space, I at least know that I'm on Earth, you know? Yeah. Well, I think I would choose to fight an underwater monster because in space, I'm in. Sp- I'm stuck in space. How am I going to get back? So it's like, I, I, I think I choose underwater situation. Ooh, I don't know. I think I'd have to go with alien. I'd have to be, I'd have to do space because it's like, those, those are my two worst, like one of my two worst fears is space and un, like the ocean, like they're both yeah. fucking scary to me. And for me, I think that the ocean is 10 times scarier because we know more about space than we do our own fucking ocean. Like, True. Well, only what like 10% of our oceans are ever have ever been like discovered so who knows what is down there like I have no fucking idea what's down there mm-hmm. I'm not going to fuck with whatever is down there <laughs> it's like it's like at least an alien they're only battling against one the entire movie so it's like for me I think I would rather go with battling one than having to battle a hundred of these like little monsters and then you get to like the big gigantic the one big, at the end uh... and like that to me is terrifying and it's just like that whole movie like when they're walking along the ocean floor and it's just pitch black. Mm-mm, no, thank you. No, ma'am. True. No, no. Now you're well, now I'm stuck underwater, so I can't I can't do it. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. So I think I'm going to go with alien just because it's I, I, I get what you're saying, Sergio, because it is scary to think about like you're you're not on Earth. You're like trapped in a spaceship on space. But I will take mm-hmm. my chances. I will. Yeah, <laughs> I will take my chances on a spaceship in the middle of the <laughs> middle of the universe rather than fucking go to the bottom of the ocean floor. So mm mm. No thanks. True, true. So I'm gonna go with yeah, I'm gonna go with the alien. That was a good question, Cody. Thank you. Mm-mm-mm-mm. Is it B next? Yes. Your turn. Okay, let's see. Um, okay, so uh, who do I, I kind of want to ask both of you, but I don't I, I don't want to go into that, you know, every <laughs> single time. So I'm gonna ask Michael. Um, okay. if you could take form of any horror movie villain. Doesn't have to be a slasher person, any horror movie villain, which would it be? Ooh. Okay. Like if you could step in their shoes for like an hour and 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I think my my obvious answer would probably be Michael Myers because he's my favorite horror villain, but I don't yeah. want I don't want to go with the obvious choice. So I'm gonna say probably one of the deadites from the Evil Dead remake because they're fucking yeah they're fucking terrifying one like they're scary as fuck two like they fuck people up (laughs) oh yeah yeah, (laughs) like they they're terrifying mm -hmm. yeah so i'd probably have to go with that i think that would be i don't know i guess if i was putting myself in that mindset i think that would be kind of fun to (laughs) i don't know (laughs) be one of those you know puke blood on people make people you know uh cut their faces off with glass you know that kind of thing cut my tongue in half with a box cutter you know yeah, exactly. So Things fun. that you normally wouldn't do. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> oh, good, good, good answer. Thank you. Um, so 
my first question is going to be, um, and like I said before, I just want to preface by saying like some of these questions I will probably recycle from other episodes just because I'm sure I'll get different answers from each person that I ask. I mean, it won't always be like that, but I just, I'm curious about what, um, let's see what your guys's top three unpopular horror opinions are. Oh, okay. Um, very, very good question. I did hear this before. And, uh, the last one, um, that I heard from you was, um, from the, a podcast, uh, on Elm, on Elm Street. Street. And I heard their unpopular opinions. It was like, whoo, wow. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're going there. So, um, <laughs> which I totally understand. One of them, I think that they mentioned was that, uh, the exorcist wasn't, uh, a good movie like they didn't like the exorcist which is fair i actually because i love the exorcist but i also think i do understand it really doesn't hold up as much uh yeah. nowadays but my i would start off with oh my god i don't want to be like uh horrible at this but i'm gonna say that i will defend seed of chucky and halloween resurrection because I think there are good time. I mean, I don't think they're like the best movies, mm-hmm. but I think you pop that in and just laugh. Like, <laughs> I think they're they're enjoyable movies. I don't take them seriously. I actually, in my mind, Halloween Resurrection is not canon. I don't think that it should be. I, th- I stop at Halloween H2O. And I think Halloween Resurrection is just a good time movie, you know, just like fucking around. Um, Seed of Chucky is bonkers. Um, but I don't like, I'm not going to say like, it's the worst like movie ever. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm just going to put that out there. That's my unpopular opinion. I don't even know what an unpopular horror opinion is. Well, what are some that you think that are, um, that are pretty much like something that you know of horror that you kind of disagree with? And was like, well, I don't really think it's that. I'm also trying to think of the some of the past stuff that we did. Because like the, the one that always pops out to me is I remember hearing that the, like a bunch of people don't like the second Nightmare on Elm Street. Well, used to. I think it's a it's and, a it's definitely coming back in like, popularity. I, I loved that movie. I thought it was great. I love like watching um, watching Freddie like just pick apart a person's brain and to watch them like just deal with having this like crazy villain who is able to pop in and out of your dreams. And at some points also real life, just like, yeah, slowly um, terrorize you and like make you kind of go a little bit crazy. Um, I think it makes for a good story. Yeah. But now I feel like it's getting more um, praise for it, especially with it's like queer undertones. Yeah. um, that are uh, instead of being like, oh my god, that is the gay movie. It's like, no, yeah, that's the gay movie. <laughs> like, that's a good thing, you know. So I I agree with with you on that one. I I do I I will defend uh, an Iron Man too. Also, another unpopular opinion, which I have to agree with um, a podcast on Elm Street with this. Um, oh, so I, I think it's different from when you're thinking it and you're saying it out loud. Uh, but I do think to an extent that Jamie Lee Curtis is a little bit um, overrated. Um, I think she's now become my like least favorite final girl, because now that I see all these other final girls that are like really like stepping up, like Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween 2018 
obviously badass. Like she's oh, yeah. like really like stepping yeah. it up. Uh, Jamie Lee Curtis in Halloween H2O, I think is also really good. And like, I think she actually steps up her game there. And I think that in the original Halloween, I don't think she steps up as much as we think. Like when I think of, let's say, um, Nancy in A Nightmare on Elm Street, like she truly fights back and against all odds. Like, I think she really is smart. Uh, when you think of, oh, let's, uh, when you think of even like a Ripley in Alien, yeah. like she is super strong and she's able to overcome everybody, even th- from the beginning of, the, of this movie. Um, so when you compare it to like, Laurie Strode, who really isn't involved with much of it until the last like 15 minutes of it, then I'm just like, oh, wait, you know, she really doesn't do it. She really makes up for it in the later movies. Oh, for sure. Um, And it's the fact that she like keeps like letting him get the upper hand. It's like, bitch, you could kill him. You just like stab him one time. You're you're like, okay, he's dead. You know, stab. I mean, I know that she's not the only one that does it, but it's like it is when you think about in terms of a final girl, like I think more in terms of like Aaron from your next or people that actually make oh. sure the job is done, <laughs> you know, oh, and she yeah. just, there's so many times when she, and I mean, if it weren't for Dr. Loomis, she would have died. Like she would have gotten strangled. So it's like, she really, oh, did, yeah. she really didn't do anything to save herself. Honestly, it was Dr. Loomis that came through in the end. Ex- and, and exactly. Saved her. So it's like a final girl. I feel like in my opinion is someone that, that can hold their own in the end. And I just kind of feel like mm-hmm. she doesn't do that like towards the end mm-hmm. of the first film, she doesn't hold her own. Like she's still like, yeah. that, like weak, meek, very, I don't know. Like I love her. I feel like we're shitting on her, but yeah, it's just all these yeah. points that I've heard from other podcasts and stuff when they talk about it. I'm like, no, that makes a lot of sense. You know? Cause like, like I one think of the- she's a scream queen. I think she is like the original scream queen. I will say that. Like she has a great scream. Uh, oh yeah. They're in that first movie. Like, I think she does, does a really good job. Yeah. So, I, I think my next unpopular opinion is I think <laughs> I think all found so sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I think all found footage movies are terrible. I hate them. <gasps> all of them. <laughs> every everyone that I have seen, I have not liked. Wait, what, what do you mean? What do you mean? Terrible as in like terrible quality I, no, or terrible I, story? No, I, I, I feel like they always put in too much random bullshit that doesn't need to be there just to establish that it is a found footage movie and not like, like I think of like Cloverfield where you you don't need the beginning of that movie. You just oh, don't. Wow. I love the beginning of Cloverfield. I love Cloverfield, <laughs> I just, but it's I, a, a popular opinion. I feel like it is unnecessary. And I don't like, I understand that if this is a found footage movie, like that these are quote unquote real people, you don't need to show me that they're real people by by showing me things that for the most part, that real people have do anything else to do with the rest of the movie. Like, yeah, I, just that's, that's my unpopular opinion. Um, Everybody cancel code aid. No, I'm please kidding. don't. Okay. But, <laughs> but I just like I, I don't know. I I I want. I I like the story. I I watch horror movies not for to be scared, but for the story. And I just feel like so much of it is uh, unnecessary filler in mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. in some found footage movies. I just like like get to the point. That's, <laughs> that's well. All. I mean, I feel like found footage movies are now considered a genre that some people just don't like. You know, just you know, some people don't like the found footage. Because uh, so it's just sometimes it's a little bit played out. It gets it gets to the point where it is a little bit like okay, like 
this is kind of getting a little bit redundant to the point where it's like, okay, I've seen this in a million other found footage movies. So like uh, exactly. in, that, in that aspect, I do think, you know, it, it, it takes a really good found footage movie to come along to impress me, but it's like, I don't know. I think there's a lot, I think there's a lot of found footage movies that you can show Cody that are really fucking good. Like the, the one that comes to yeah. mind for me is the taking of Deborah Logan. That one is amazing, but that one's more of like a documentary that. style one. And that's not really a found footage one by any means, but I am a fan. I'm a fan of found footage movies. I think, I think they're fun. I think, you know, I definitely like to see how they kind of do their own spin. The recent one that I saw that actually is pretty interesting is a uh, host. I think it's oh my god that's such a fucking good movie i think they did such a good job with that and you saw you were not a you were not a fan because you were scared you were scared that movie terrified me like it was too real for him yeah no it well because i like the 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 kind of movies that get to me more than others are the paranormal type movies because they're like it's not something i can just like logic my way out of yeah so i mean apart from like you know sure it like probably isn't real but like i i remember watching that and there was a little there was a little bit at the beginning where like my my same criticism of like there's maybe some unnecessary stuff here but it was so short that it just like it got into it and then i'm like oh no oh no please i like we i we we made it through the end of the movie but only barely yeah oh yeah so uh, what's your next question, Cody? So my next question is, uh, and this is just going to be to you, Michael, because Sergio, you already answered this. Um, uh, who is your <laughs> least favorite final girl? Ooh, good question. Um, I think my least favorite final girl is probably going to be, I don't know if it's going to be unpopular opinion. Ooh. Um, well, I have, I kind of have a two part answer with this because I kind of have two that kind of fall in the same place for two different reasons. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to say Julie James from, I know we did last summer and I've talked about her before in other okay. episodes. So I won't get into it. I just think she's kind of boring. She doesn't really, she kind of like Jamie Lee Curtis. She kind of doesn't really help herself because she would have died at the end if it weren't for Freddie, for Freddie Prince Jr. coming in at the last Honestly, minute. Honestly, yeah, you're so right. It's, so it's like with her, she doesn't really do a whole lot in that film. She's not very interesting as a final girl. Like, I'm just not fully invested in her character as much. Um, in the second one, I definitely think she steps it up a little bit more. But even so, in the second one, Freddie Prince Jr. is also the one that again saves her exactly. fucking ass. So it's like, I you're I believe, right, yeah, yeah. And so for that one, I'm gonna have to say her. But then I'm also gonna have to say Sally from Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and that's the one that I think is gonna be the unpopular opinion, just because I think she's oh. kind of, just because I think she's kind of annoying. Like she kind of, she, yeah, her character is just kind of annoying. Like she does. But she goes through so much shit. Right. But she does. I mean, she does do a lot more than Jennifer Love Hewitt's character. I I, I will say that. It's a little, it's a step up. Yeah. There's just so many better final girls out there. I don't know. Yeah, no. Well, especially, yeah, how they're stepping up the game of final girls. Yeah. I think, I think um, our, our, the final girls that we've come to know are now kind of like in the back burner, but not, we hold them to, to, heist you know Um, yeah good good okay uh this kind of just generic it could be um what is your favorite horror movie score oh my goodness i think i I would have to say psycho i love the um first of of all i didn't say who was i asking (laughs) (laughs) sorry sorry you you can go psycho is i think the only 
the only horror movie that like we've watched it and then I'm like I need to go listen to the soundtrack because it's just it's just so good it it captures the movie really well it's real the strings on on that score Mm -hmm. oh so good yeah um I have actually it's funny that you asked that question because I have a similar question to that so um but when we get to the next time I'll I'll say my question but um Mm -hmm. I would have to probably say it's a toss-up between it follows and um scream for me just because I love I love the score and scream like this specifically the opening scene with Drew Barrymore that entire fucking score that plays throughout that entire scene amazing masterpiece uh follows is also very very good like you get it follows is really good because it also is like paying homage to like Halloween yeah to like Mm -hmm. a lot of their 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 scores and soundtracks yeah yeah so those are those are probably like my top two favorite and then you know obviously Halloween you know the classic scores as well I really love but yeah if I had to pick if I had to pick like one it'd probably be like Scream or It Follows so yeah good choices thank you yeah and I'll just piggyback right off that question um so if you could only if you could only listen to three horror scores for the rest of your life, which three would you pick? That's funny that you had that question, like kind of oh. a similar question. Cause that's one of the questions I had. Oh shit. Um, Oh, who are you asking? Both of us? Well, either one of you, whoever wants to answer first. Um, so three would, horror scores, right? Yeah. I would say, um, Halloween is up there for me. Yeah. It's and, um, and then psycho, like I already said, I really liked that one. Um, I don't know what my third one would be. You liked Alien Score. Oh, I did like the Alien Score. That is correct. I really liked that. We'll talk about it more later, but that'll be your three. I think that would be my three. Okay. Um, original uh, Halloween soundtrack. Yes, definitely. I could listen to that uh, full on. There's a lot of memorable ones in in that soundtrack. So I've I feel like that score, the original one, um, really. I I need to add to my list. Yeah. Um, oof. A Nightmare on Elm Street score, I think, also really good. I think it's Charles Bernstein who does that. But all um, guys, fact check me if if you if you want. <laughs> um, I think that score is just so eerie, and how they play with like the the sounds of everything. And I I feel like it's really good. I I would add that to my list, and. And I listen to so many. I'm, I think I'm going to have to choose Scream, too. I think Scream, um, once you've played that, you just are transported into into that world. Yeah, you know, yeah. so when you when you listen to it and I was I was talking to because he actually gave me for Christmas a like like uh, the Scream score, the Scream and Scream 2 score. Um, and I said I love it. But I also said to him earlier, I was just like, I kind of just want to put the score on just chill. Like, yeah. I just want to just listen to it because it's so good. Um, so, yeah, those are my three. Nice. Very good choices. Um, I would say if you had to choose a famous horror movie death for yourself, and this will be for both of you, which which would you choose? Depends on whether I want to die a brutal death or if I want to die a quick death. But if I, okay. I always say, I always say if I'm going to go out, I want to go out in style. So I would yeah. Probably- my personal opinion, I'd probably have to pick the tanning bed, but death from Final Destination 3. Oh, that's out, a good one. I'm going to go out in style. So <laughs> I'm going to go out burnt to a crest. At least yeah. you're bronze before you. Before you... <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, my horror movie death. Oh, my God. You know what? I'm going to go with funny on this one. Uh, Jason takes Manhattan. <laughs> uh, oh. 
that boxing one where he's the boxer is trying to fight him and Jason just like goes poof and his head just pops off. That's my <laughs> that's that's my death right there. I, I I'm love going it. I'm going wacky, you know. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, Sergio. Question oh, number three. Question number three. Okay. When it comes to horror, is there a horror limit? Is there something that you're like you just won't do? Yes. Um well, I mean, if I really had to, I would, but like I try, <laughs> I try to stay away from the human centipede movies as much as possible because those are so Ooh, fucking, yeah. Those are so fucking gross to me. Like I I love body horror films, but that one mm-hmm. just goes a little too far for me, especially the second film. I don't know if I don't know if you've seen oh, the, the second, second film. I I haven't seen it, but I heard a lot about it. It's so bad, like I I'll never I'll probably never watch it again unless I absolutely have to do an episode on it, but I really don't want to. <laughs> but I think I think as Please far as everybody. yeah, I think as far as limits go, I think that film would definitely have to be like my limit as far as like things that I can yeah. handle because I'm just like oh so fucking gross. But yeah, Aww. yeah, I would say something similar. I mean, I um, the the listeners who listen to our podcast probably already know that I'm I'm not a big fan of gore. So like anything overly gory, which would include, you know, especially a lot of the Saw um, franchise mm-hmm. and the Human Centipede movies are like two that come to mind. I I just can't. I can't do that. Um, I and I don't really like ones. It, it, I don't like ones that like get in your head too much, but that's a hard it's a hard line to really define because it's different for each movie. But some movies like like Paranormal Activity was one of them. They just like crawl into my brain and they stay there and i um i i just i, I don't like stuff like that that like is never gonna leave me like the same yeah. thing like the scary stories to tell in the dark that i talked about i think even on this most recent episode mm-hmm. about how like i check the backseat of my car every single time that i go to get in my car um because from a very early age it was ingrained to me that like someone could just be hiding back there and yeah. you know they could just try to hijack your car and like you know i it's not for me i don't want something that's gonna live with me forever yeah i'm gonna answer my own question uh i'm gonna enter intercept here um my limit and you already know this i don't like um horror movies when where they um where they have to torture like an animal of of some sorts Um, yeah. I'm very like, very like spiritually close to like animals. I love animals. Uh, so when something like that happens, the, uh, the only way I can see it happening where I'm okay with it, it would be if they're, they're using it for like a scare tactic. So like, right. obviously like a baby or a, a dog, you, you, as a person, you get more scared because you're like, Oh, I don't want anything happening to the baby or to the dog. Um, so I get very like, ah, I don't, that's my limit. Like anything that will show you like graphically, like someone torturing a dog or, or, or a cat or something like that, um, really kind of gets to me. The only movie that actually does this, but has effectively did it like in a good way. Um, not like in a good way, like hurrah, but, um, we watched the thing, which is actually yeah. going to be an upcoming, um, episode for us down the line. Um, we watched the thing and I, that whole segment where the thing is in the cage with the other hus like huskies, right? Huskies. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. But the other huskies like that 
when th- that whole scene, I was on edge because I'm like, these poor little puppies. Oh, no, run. And I'm like, literally, I think they did a good job with it because yeah. obviously in my mind, I'm just like, it's this it's this thing. It's going to attach itself to whatever is in front of it. So it's like, I'm not like, OK, I think they did a really good tactic of it because obviously I was scared. You know, oh, so yeah. I was I, I, I think that I think that would be my limit for that. Yeah. So <laughs> my next question is, OK. And I kind of thought this would be kind of a fun twist on a question that I've that I've asked before. But um, if you had to start a wrestling, you know, a group of professional wrestlers and they were horror villains <laughs> <laughs> to go against each other and like just imagine the cheesy ass WWE. Type oh, yeah. Shit where it's like broadcast on TV and it's like and over in the left side, he's the silent but deadly type Michael <laughs> Myers. He'll say, you know, shit like that. Yeah. Who if you had to assemble a team of like five uh, horror villains to go against each other in like the wrestling ring who would you pick like then- we just dump them into a wrestling ring and they go at it yeah and they battle to the death who would you who would you want it who would you most want to see go like head to head against each other i want to see oh. um i want to see freddie and michael myers fight because i feel like you know we don't see anything of a like psyche or mind to michael myers really at all and mm-hmm. Even like in Freddy versus Jason, because of course you can't just say that there's already a whole movie about it. Um, <laughs> at least like there, like you can, uh, Freddy could like manipulate Jason's like love for his mother and all this other stuff. Like, I feel like we haven't seen anything. So I would love to see like what Freddy would try to do to fight Michael Myers for sure. Yeah. Those are, those are my first yeah. two. Cause I mean, if you don't, if you don't take Rob Zombie's Halloween as canon, um, well, because it's kind of like mostly a remake, but if with its original like intention, I think Michael Myers is just like a a guy who just wants to murder people. Yeah, uh, yeah I, I can see how that that would be that will be fun. Um, I would kind of want to do, and I could choose anyone in horror. Anyone? Yeah, any any horror villain. Uh, I will want. I feel like Leatherface wouldn't wouldn't really put up much of a fight. I think he would in some aspects um okay so i'm gonna put i'm gonna put leatherface in there mm-hmm. i want him to face off with pinhead because i feel like something about them i feel like just goes together i kind of want them to go at it um yeah. and visually i think that would be cool <laughs> um, <Yeah. laughs> uh and then i'm gonna also they're they're fighting and then leatherface is just like well he doesn't really talk no pinhead let's say pinhead because he talks he's like i'm not the only one and then like lights out and then like flashing lights come on and then you see freddy cooler coming in and he's gonna also be on the side with pinhead and they're both because because they're kind of like outer like elements you know you know they're kind of they have powers so versus Leatherface and so it's like three against one and then Leatherface is like oh shit what am I gonna do but then out of nowhere we <laughs> we have Leprechaun I'm gonna put Leprechaun in this <laughs> Leprechaun comes in it was like my, my gold because like Freddy Krueger has his gold for some odd reason yeah. I won't go into it <laughs> um and then I'll have um uh I think that's five no I have two I have four yeah he has four Freddy Cougar, Pinhead, Leatherface, Leprechaun, and um, I'll choose a gremlin as like the referee. So I think <laughs> I think my other three would be um, 
Samara Weaving's character from The Babysitter too, when she's like Ooh. demonic oh, powers. Shit. Okay. Um, I would say, come on, uh, work, bitch. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think of my uh, of my last one. I think um, another one. This is going to be like really bringing it from a long time ago. Is um, the genie from Wishmaster? You love Wishmaster. I don't. I. I it, Wishmaster is one of those weird movies that like I watched when I was younger and in my very much like no horror movie phase, but still loved this movie and didn't classify it as a horror movie for some reason. Um, and I think I would throw. You have one more, right? Yeah, I think yeah. I would throw. Ghostface in there from let's just say original scream. Mm, OK, yes. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, I like it, too. So I think out of all the the ghost faces, he's probably the least clumsy in the first one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh man, yeah, that's a that's. A, I love how <laughs> I love how you specifically Sergio painted a fucking picture for us because I'm just imagining this entire time, like you, you <laughs> like you get him in the middle of the ring and fucking you give Pinhead the microphone. He's like, I will I rip your soul apart, yeah. and right? like the crowd's just like, yes, yes, yeah, you know, like you just you paint like a picture, and, yeah. I thought that would be a fun question to ask because I just figured it would. Be that like, is fun. Like, that is fun. The imagination going, but uh, <laughs> good answers, guys. Those are good. Um, For both of you, who is your least favorite slasher villain? Cody's all about like, tell me who you hate. Yes. <laughs> no, I like it though because it's like it. It's uh, either an unpopular opinion or a popular yeah. opinion. So. You oh, said least favorite God. slasher, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's like heavy hitters, and then there's like lesser known slasher slasher good people um (laughs) i think i'm gonna go with leatherface like i just feel like i'm just like the unpopular opinion on all these like i just i'm not (laughs) i'm like hitting all three points on on uh chainsaw massacre today i'm just like i don't like the movie i don't like the final girl and i'm not a big fan (laughs) of the film (laughs) damn People Thinking are going to hit left me. and right. I know people are going to hate me, but it's a, next it's week's a episode. It's going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. <laughs> <laughs> next time I have you guys on, that's the one. It's gonna be. <laughs> um, for me, I'm not really a big fan of Friday, the Friday the 13th movies. Um, I do admit they do have awesome kills in it, but I just don't. There's not like a like the story doesn't entice me as I like Halloween franchise has and a Nightmare on Elm Street. Uh, you know, had like really entices you with the story, but I don't think like Jason is like my ultimate favorite. I did mention Leprechaun like before, but the <laughs> Leprechaun franchise is not my particular favorite. Um, <laughs> I think, yeah, Leprechaun and Jason hand in hand. Yeah, probably my 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 least favorite, but I will still watch those movies. Yeah, yeah, good question, Cody. Thank mm-hmm. you. Just getting everybody hating on us today. <laughs> I know. So if you were to write for a horror franchise, which would it be? And this is my my also fifth question. This is what I'm counting. So there's two questions here. Okay. Uh, which would it be? And what would your idea for the next movie be? Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna say for me. Um, God, you guys are always getting me on these grudge tangents, Jesus. <laughs> um, <laughs> I would probably have to say the grudge just because I love those movies so much. Well, I love, yeah. the, I, I love the first one. The second one's okay. But I say the grudge ones because I actually have had an idea for a while for a, um, 
a grudge film that I would like to see get made at some point because it kind of it's kind of a different concept than what you're normally used to. So like my idea mm-hmm. for it, I'll just loosely give the plot and then I'll move on. But <laughs> my, my idea for it was having like a, like a rare collector, kind of like a guy that collects weird shit on eBay, supposedly like cursed items and stuff. And he mm-hmm. acquires, he acquires Kayako's journal from the film, the one that like her husband finds in the house when he's reading it. He yeah. Acquires, yeah. He acquires that journal from like a, a a bidder on fucking ebay or something that like died mysteriously after like shortly after like selling it to him the the bidder dies mysteriously and then he brings the curse to everybody to himself and everybody around him by get buying these this journal online and so it's just like felt like it was like there's so many things that i want to do with that concept because i just feel like it's different from like going inside the house you get the curse yeah. going inside the house so it's like how do i how do i make it different how do I spread the curse by making it different? And so that's yeah. kind of what I was thinking. I was kind of thinking like, he doesn't really believe in it. He ends up dying. And then like everybody around him starts like acquiring this curse too, because they're all coming in contact with this like journal. So I just awesome. thought that would be kind of cool, but yeah, the, I'd have to pick that just cause I kind of had an idea pre-planned for <laughs> a, a grudge film that I'd want to get made at some point. So I don't know if it would be any good or not, but I don't know. I kind of like the idea. So I love it. No, that's good. Cody, do you have one? Um, this is tough. I don't know who I would pick. I don't know. I feel like we always come up with ideas on the spot. Well, we do, and then I always forget them. Um, but I would, I would love to do it, like, uh, and, and not having seen the whole franchise, um, I think it would be interesting to do the wreck movies um, and have okay. one be like COVID themed, like when it's when it's okay to talk okay. about COVID, way far off in the future. I would love. The idea of like something that like it's not an immediate zombifying virus thing. It like it's almost like a sleeper thing that mm-hmm. no one knows like specifically who's going to get it and who's not going to. Um, but something that's more like population widespread that just like all of a sudden like clicks with people. Yeah, just like a slow transformation over time type deal. Yeah, yeah. Where, yeah I I would like to do something like that. Okay, that would be cool, cool. Even though you hate found footage movies. I know yes. you would yeah, write well, for so, one. Okay, listen. I... <laughs> to be fair, one of the the second half of the Wreck franchise does go into non found footage. To be fair, so you could go into that realm without <laughs> it. Good question, though, Sergio. That was a I liked that question, and that that like answered both your like next two questions. So we're like moving right along here. So I know yes. I'm totally like let's go. <laughs> Okay, so if you if you had to pick just any horror location to stay at for an entire week, where would you stay at? And it has to be like it would have to like involve like shit that actually happens in that place. So like for example, if you were to stay in Springwood, you'd get attacked by Freddy Krueger for an entire week. If you had to stay in Haddonfield, you'd be chased by Michael Myers. So like it's mm. not just you get to go there and just stay there rent free without, you know, worrying about <laughs> about getting killed like, like you the, have to... the 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 plot will happen yeah basically you in, go in to this place area. and you're inside the movie essentially yeah ah, i feel like i would choose woodsboro but i also feel like i would be so scared that like so many killings are happening and i'm just like oh my god and i'm like oh my god Sidney prescott is in the same bookstore as me i can't i gotta go yeah um, <laughs> um but i think it would be i think i'm gonna choose woodsboro I think I think that whole area and just like the vibe of I can just say I I remember um, watching the first movie and when um, 
they, you know how they, there has a curfew and then like everybody has to be inside by, yeah, by yeah. for some reason I thought that was like oh my god it's so cool someone's having a party <laughs> I would be at that party that uh Stu and Tatum are, are hosting so I'm like of, of course so yeah I would put myself in what's very good choice mm-hmm. what about you Cody this is a really tough question I think that I would choose there's also Haddonfield the one with Michael Myers I think I would choose that because I feel like I would be able to figure out a way to uh, to trap or otherwise defeat Michael. I know that like the whole deal is you can't, but um, I I feel like I've watched like watching a lot of those movies. I'm like, there are so many ways that we could have just like stopped it. And, you know, it's like, sure, maybe he can't die, but why not like at the end of of um, the most recent Halloween movie where, you know, now he's trapped in the basement. Why don't we like go ahead and just like pour cement on that or something. And then we're yeah. like, we're fine. <laughs> that's, that's, just casually. <laughs> I have the cement. Can, can we use this? I mean, it, listen, it's a horror movie. Um, things happen. Listen. True. That's a good know. question. That um, was a good question. Thank you. I, so my, uh, my last question to lighten things up a little bit um, would be, and this is for both of you again, fuck, Mary kill, Leatherface, Freddy and Chucky. <laughs> Damn, you didn't pick attractive ones at all. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, which one was it? Leatherface, Leatherface, Freddy, and Chucky. Okay, I think I, I think I have mine. I w- I think I would marry Chucky only because I feel like we would have great conversations. I think he'll be a good time. I just can't get on his bad side. That's fine. But yeah. um, I then would choose Freddy. I would fuck Freddy. I I don't know why. <laughs> I will have to get over the 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 faces on his body, but you know what? We we will make it work. Yeah. Um, oh, he has a hat. I like. I like, <laughs> I like hats. <laughs> um, and then I would I would kill Leatherface only because I think he's like a whiny baby. Sometimes I just like, come on, like. So yeah, I would I would probably kill him at some point. I'd probably have to fuck Chucky, just because I, I like it. Was like I have to fuck Chucky. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just I wouldn't want to marry him just because I just feel like he would get really annoying. Um, <laughs> Freddie, however, I'd probably marry just because he's like you know he has those like nice little one liners. You know he can. Uh, True. You know, if I'm married to him, I don't want to have to worry about him killing me. So he can maybe, you know, manipulate some really good dreams. I can maybe have some good you dreams. You can actually go like with him. Yeah. On the like the dream excursions. Like you like, yeah. You can I could be his it'll sidekick. be an adventure. I could be his sidekick. Yeah. Exactly. I'll be, I'll be his side slash slam piece and we can just go, you know. <laughs> we just go kill yeah, people in their dreams together. Yeah. Let's get this. Is my this is my husband. Don't don't mind him. He's just he's just there. We're still gonna kill you though, but he just—he's just on the—he's with me, you know. <laughs> yeah, and uh, I would have to kill Leatherface as well, just because I just—I don't know. See, I don't know. I—I I actually was going to say that I would marry Leatherface because I feel what? like he's so family-oriented that like I wouldn't have to worry. You know, about that's him not his face, right? Yes. You gotta kiss his face. Well, okay, we never said that. Um, <laughs> oh, I guess you don't have to kiss. <laughs> but like I. I, I I feel like he would be the 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 easiest one to live with long term. Mm. Yeah, okay, I mean uh, it's it's your relationship. But listen, <laughs> um, and then I think I would I would I would fuck Freddie and kill Chucky. Why would you kill Chucky? Uh, I just I I something about dolls. I don't want to. I mean, yeah, I guess so. 
It won't be cute just to like carry him around. No, okay. no, it would not. <laughs> okay. Would you rather be stuck in a pit of snakes or a pit of spiders? Oh, oh, snakes. 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 <laughs> not even, don't yeah. even have to think about it. The tiniest bit. Snakes. I can't. Spiders freak me out. I can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I couldn't. And what kind spiders. of spiders are we talking about? Like the furry, like no, tarantulas? No, 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 no difference. Um, no, all kinds of spiders, any kind of spider. Ah, no, sorry, I'm like, like even like, the giant, like three foot wide Amazon spider. Yeah, no, yep. no, thank you. No, I mean, I feel like I can just rest on the snakes, and they'll, maybe they'll be therapeutic. You know, like, <laughs> just like <laughs> I don't know. Oh man, well that was fun, guys. Thank you for. Yes. Yeah, no, thank you. That was really fun. I love for- that. Thank you for participating in the five question uh, lightning round. Well, I guess not so much of a ri- lightning round, but <laughs> we did it as fast as we could, oh, I think. All right, guys. Hopefully, you guys are still sticking around with us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But uh, did you guys want to get into the film discussion? Let's yeah, do it. Let's do it. All right. So, uh, do you want to tell the listeners what we're talking about today? We are going to be discussing the movie Alien. From the year 1979? Yep. Is that correct? Yep. 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 From 1979. It's uh, directed by Ridley Scott. Yeah. And holy shit, this, I don't even know where to start with this film. It's, it's a, it's a fucking amazing film. But yeah, I have some, I have some interesting uh, facts here that I want to read off real quick. So yeah, it was released in 1979. It had a budget of $11 million, which holy shit, that's a huge budget, especially back in like that day, because money was a lot more that day, back in the day, I feel like. Um, uh, Opening weekend, it didn't make as much money as it should have, in my opinion. It only made 3.5 million roughly for the opening weekend, but it really picked up after that. So the U.S. Uh, gross was almost 82 million, so that's I mean they made their budget back and then some, and then the worldwide gross was 106 million, which is insane to me. Uh, I wrote down a few of the I wrote down the cast and the director, so and I wrote a few th- you know films that they're in. Uh, it was directed by Ridley Scott, and holy shit, he mm-hmm. has quite a resume here. Like I wrote down oh, yeah. quite a few of his films. Um, Alien being, you know, one of them. Blade Runner from 1982. Oh, yeah. Thelma and Louise from 1991. Gladiator. Hannibal. Uh, Black Hawk Down. Uh, Prometheus. Yeah. American Gangster. The Martian and Alien Covenant. Those are the ones that I wrote down. But, like, every single one of those films has, like, <laughs> a six point something or higher. Like, every single one yeah, of those he's, films is, like, amazing. He's coming up with so many good, good things. The Martian especially sticks out to me because I, I really enjoyed that movie. Oh, you saw that one? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a great, that's a great film. Um, And then Sigourney Weaver has been in a lot of shit, too. I, I wrote her down as Alien. She's in Ghostbusters 1 and 2. She's in all, she's in like four of the Alien films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Galaxy Quest, Holes. I remember her, my first role that I remember her in as the warden in Holes. That's the one that I remember. Oh, really? I haven't uh-huh. seen Holes in years. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's I didn't even she, remember that. Yeah, she plays the warden in that film and uh, she's in the village. Uh, she voices the, um, I think the, one of the robots in Wally <laughs> from 2008. I thought that oh, was- Oh, she does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that. Um, she's an- Oh, avatar. she was- she was in. Oh, she was in Avatar. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so, Sigourney Weaver was also in um, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, I have that down too. I have which uh, Cody yes. is actually really fond of. Yes, of that movie. she was. 
yeah i like that film that's a no she she's done so many things it's it's just it's just beyond and i i know her from all of them <laughs> yeah she and and well, she's, and, a good, she's a good comedic actress too she's oh, for sure incredible. for sure um and then i have uh tom scarrett as we said is uh mm-hmm. is he the the top build one he's the, he's one the top build one he plays dallas dallas yeah and yeah. he's an alien uh top gun poltergeist three contact yeah. and and tears of the sun those are the only five i put down because i didn't really know any other ones um and then veronica cartwright like all these actors that i looked up like they have like a very heavy filmography but like there's so many of these films or tv stuff that they've done that i have never seen them in so i didn't even bother yeah. to write it down but um she's an alien obviously uh she's in the birds which i found found very interesting um oh wow yeah scary movie too which she plays the mom at the beginning who has like the possessed daughter but you know what she does look like her she does yeah. look like the original mm-hmm. actress so that's yeah. funny and uh just she's in just married she plays a uh, pussy or whatever like the oh mom my god <laughs> you can call me pussy i don't remember like exactly how that goes but uh yeah she's uh in that as well and then harry dean stanton who plays brett he's in alien escape from new york christine pretty in pink the and the green mile those are the ones i wrote oh wow john hurt is in alien obviously space balls he he died recently too back in i think 2017 is when john hurt yeah. died which was really sad um he's actually uh cody's a very big uh big fan of space balls i am uh, which he's gonna reference <laughs> later on because uh have you seen space balls yeah i have uh they obviously have make a a reference to alien in here and john her uh plays the plays his original character from this yeah movie he plays there. himself yep <laughs> so i think i think that's i i died laughing yeah when i saw that me too. And and I also, you know, I know John Hare from a couple other things that he was in, um, chiefly, which I, I, I recall, I think I could be wrong here, but I believe he played one of the doctors in Doctor Who as well. It's on Netflix if you want to check it out. I'll have to. Yeah. Um, but he's also in contact. Uh, the ske- I know him most from the Skeleton Key because he plays he's uh, the old man in oh, Skeleton I- Key. Yeah. Huh. I do like the skeleton. It's key. one of my favorites. Yeah. Uh V for Vendetta. He's in that. And then he's in Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows part one and two. So he's Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. He's done quite a bit. Oh, he's he's so good. So good. And then Ian Holm, who we just talked about, uh, that plays Ash. He's from Alien, obviously. Uh from Hell. Mm-hmm. Uh four of the Lord of the Rings movies, because he's does the Hobbit count as like being in that universe, I guess. Yeah. So he's yeah. In, yeah 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 he's in four of those uh he's in the day after tomorrow which is probably my favorite disaster movie to this day still i love that movie oh i love i love the day after tomorrow so do yeah. i i'm trying to think i don't i don't remember that he was in that but yeah I, it was. It, it, well no it, it's a 100 percent believe you i just don't recall seeing him in it yeah i don't remember what part he's in either but uh this is, this is an excuse to rewatch it but also like <laughs> in home has been in so many things like you, you kind of like forget like with alien when i when, when i first started this movie i was like ian home oh my god it's a yeah. global wagon <laughs> <laughs> well and then i found it interesting also he voices his, himself in the alien isolation video game that came out in 2014 he plays <gasps> really himself. uh-huh he voices oh, that's himself. awesome yeah which i thought was really cool um, and then um, the next person that I have on is Yafit Kodo. I don't know if I said that right, but he plays Parker. And mm-hmm. I literally don't think to my knowledge that I've seen him in anything other than Alien. Like he's he's got quite a bit of 
um, a filmography as well. I think he had like 90 something film credits, but nothing yeah. of which I've seen. So I just put alien down. And then I thought it would be nice to give an honorable mention to the, to the guy that played the alien that wore the suit. So the yeah. guy's name is Balahi Badejo. I think that's how you say it. Um, mm-hmm. And his story is really interesting. Cause I'm pretty sure if I read, if I read this correctly, he was, he was found in a bar or something. And he was like, he was super tall. Like he was way tall and really lanky and Mm. they needed to find somebody that would like be able to wear the suit. And so he had never been in a film prior to this and he's never been in a film since like, this is his only film that he's ever been in. And so I found out years later that uh, he died in 1992 of, I think it was sickle cell anemia or something like that. (sighs) But yeah, he was only 39 when he died. So I just thought that was interesting that, like he's in this film because this is like the one and only film he's ever been in, but it's iconic. Like his role is so iconic because he brought this alien to life. Like he brought the, you know, so I, I, I thought no. he was very, it was very good to include him in the cast list for sure. Even though he's no, not in anything sure. else. Um, but I have a few things of trivia here too, that I'll go through real quick um, that I found yeah. interesting. Uh, so the blue laser lights that were used in the alien ships egg chamber were borrowed from the who the band was testing out the lasers for their stage. show <laughs> in the sound stage next door. So I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, and then the dead face hugger, the ash autopsies was made using fresh shelf shellfish for four oysters and a sheep kidney to recreate the internal organs filming. Oh that had, yeah. And filming it had to be done quickly because the, it would go bad under like the lights. Yeah. Oh God. Yeah. And then uh, I thought it was very interesting that Harrison Ford turned down the role of Captain Dallas, which I'm sure he probably regrets to this day. <laughs> well, sure. then he like, and, you know, he's well, okay. he was, he was the <laughs> only person who came out of the original Star Wars trilogy unscathed. So that's true. Uh, you know, I, I, he did all right for himself, I think. But I mean, it's not like it ruined his career or anything, but I'm sure it probably he was probably at the time was like, fuck, why didn't I? Do oh, yeah. Film? You've got to be kicking yourself. Well, also, like, it would have been cool to see Harrison Ford in in in, in a horror movie. Yeah. Or a horror science fiction movie. You know, something that besides like Star Wars or action movies, because I feel like that's what he's known for is like action, yeah. drama, kind of stuff like that. Be cool to see him in a horror movie. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um. And then the last the last fact that I thought was interesting, she said uh, Ridley Scott stated that in casting the role of Ripley, it ultimately came down to either Sigourney Weaver or Meryl Streep. So <gasps> I was like, can what? you imagine Meryl Streep being in this film? My and Meryl? Yeah. <laughs> it's so weird, right? And I don't think I could see. I, I just feel like this is uh, Sigourney Weaver is Ripley. Yeah, like, well, I, and it's just like she's so iconic in the just role. like Meryl Streep is Miranda Priestly. Yeah, it's yes. it's one of those things where like I know because you know we stand Meryl Streep. I we stand. I am sure she would have killed it. I just can't imagine her in this role. Me either. Yeah, me either. It's like it's like casting uh, Drew Barrymore in place of Sydney Prescott for Sydney. I mean, because she was originally yeah. supposed to be Sydney Prescott. Mm-hmm. And last minute decided, hey, why don't I get killed off in the first 10 minutes of this film? I can't imagine it going any other way now that I know that. Because it's like, I love Drew Barrymore. But like, imagine having the balls to go up to a director, be like, hey, actually, can you just kill me? <laughs> actually can you just like take me off the like the and everyone's like but 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 but, but you're our, our our star you're our what what imagine having the balls oh my god 
right yeah it's, icon. Icon. it's a genius idea but it's like that i use that as an example because it's like i can't imagine anybody else playing exactly. Sidney prescott except for yeah. Jeff campbell so it's like it's the same for this it's like and the only reason i think the only reason meryl streep didn't get it was because she was mourning the death of her partner <sighs> at the time of casting so like oh, he just no. recently died so i found that very interesting because i had never i never knew that uh sigourney weaver went up against meryl streep for this role i thought that was very interesting so oh wow well. Yeah, but as far as I mean, as far as trivia or fun facts go, that's about all I have. I don't know if you guys had anything else you wanted to talk about with the casting crew before we got into it. Anything that well, I missed? Something that I actually looked into was apparently um, this is just like a little trivia thing that I, I found. It's really nothing crazy, <laughs> but um, so apparently they had to use some sort of like um, adhesive or not adhesive, but like some sort of goo that made everybody looked like sweaty like especially Sigourney we were at the end of the movie where she just looks like she's drenched mm-hmm. um apparently that chemical combined with the cat um made her have like an allergic reaction um and yeah. so she like literally could not continue so they actually had to get rid of whatever chemical they had with that in order for her to continue to work with the cat uh, so that way she w- wasn't going to be like going to the hospital that's so interesting yeah, yeah i didn't unfortunately i didn't look into what act the actual chemical was but um apparently like she she was like covered in like hives and shit she's covered in hives and oh shit yeah. yeah um so i i don't know i'm still looking into this rumor but there apparently was the rumor and i told cody this while we were watching the infamous like scene where they're all talking and so where Kane is like feeling a little bit better and they're all like talking and you know eventually he starts to hyperventilate and he's he just you know something's about to happen apparently like the cast wasn't aware or wasn't yeah. you know, kind of like they never has seen the the effect happen so all their reactions are genuine that we, yep. are genuine like shrieks of terror because they weren't um, they weren't told beforehand how much blood was going to be like so exactly. like you get that shot of veronica cartwright with the blood splattered on her face and she screams and like that was genuine from her because she was not expecting that much blood exactly yeah i i always remember when when it comes out and she goes like oh yeah <laughs> i <don't> remember <laughs> oh god <laughs> oh god like it's oh, like god. literally yeah <laughs> like, that's my favorite part of that that scene Oh yeah. Just the way she said, oh God. <laughs> so good. Oh my lord. Um, <laughs> but uh I, yeah. I have another here, another popular myth surrounding the film. Uh, that a member of the cinema staff when it came out fainted during the chestburster scene at the premiere. Um, it's only partly true, apparently. Um, an usher working at the theater did indeed faint, although not in reaction to the chestbursting scene, as is usually suggested, but as a result of Ash's decapitation. Um, which both both scenes, I think, are because I'm in because I know what's going to happen. I think now right. as a an avid you know horror movie buff and like looking at all these crazy things also just knowing alien i think you knowing alien we can kind of see that ash is going to be a robot that you know can't be trusted uh but putting myself as a as a person who has never seen this movie and in the theaters and never seen anything like alien because it's it kind of was its first of its kind um seeing this chest bursting scene i can only imagine it's like pure horror for people and seeing the part where like they like hit ash in the head and his head just like pretty much comes out and it's just like terminator style it's like holy shit like you're not 
that's a that's a gag. That's like yeah. literally a twist there. It's like, oh my god. Yeah. Well, oh yeah. And, and, and oh this my god. Is, oh my god. To officially start the rumor that is completely untrue. That that is the inspiration for nearly headless neck from Harry Potter. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> Nerd. Sorry. <laughs> oh man. But I think I think that's it. Do you have any like fun fun thingies? No. No. Apart from the Purina logo thing. <laughs> I I just I find it so funny. It's a nice subtle product placement throughout the entire movie. It is, and we don't even yeah, you don't even really notice it. So yeah, it's like very subtle. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, let's let's get into this. Look, let's, let's start with scene Good. one. So you get that beautiful like panning shot. You kind of see like a planet yeah. in the background, and then like you kind of get like the slow fade in of like the title. That says I alien. love that like, so. Much. I love oh, that I so much too. That was the first thing I wrote because you're kind of like hooked on to see the screen because mm-hmm. opening credits can sometimes be like hit or miss yeah but like you're just watching this slowly become something and this whole opening scene where you know you're seeing the ship um underneath Ugh. um yeah and with the score into place i feel like it's really setting the atmosphere for the viewer Definitely. you know you're kind of like already enticed like okay we're we're stepping into this like it feels it feels like we're in outer space. We're yeah. in this world, yeah, and like that's what that's where I wanted to touch on with like even the first shots of this film, the the quality of it is fucking incredible. Like you get that shot of like the spaceship, and it literally mm-hmm. does not age at all. Like it still looks so good, even like watching it on most recent watch. I was like, holy shit, this looks so good. It looks so good, it right? It's incredible. And then you get not only that, but then you get that um. I wanted to read the title card that comes up because it appears and it reads the commercial yeah. towing vehicle, the Nostromo crew seven cargo refinery processing to 20 million tons of mineral ore. And then yeah. they're returning to or earth. That's their course. And so basically they're just a commercial towing, you know, yeah. station where they just. And, and I take a little bit of umbrage with this ship design for two reasons. Oh the first God. being that like, I don't think it's super realistic to have all these little spires that come out of the ship and fly through space where you're going to encounter debris inevitably they're going to break off why do that just put guarding on them oh, but, but, but listen like i say that for all i know they're like the shield generators or whatever like i don't know what their purpose is so take that with a grain of salt but i do think that all these circular pods um to me they look like they're designed to store liquid fuel and they're clearly yeah. carrying solid i don't know why you would have circles for mm-hmm. solid it doesn't make any sense just have like you you'd, you'd maximize your volume by just having like a square because it's a cargo ship it doesn't need to look pretty yeah <laughs> right <laughs> doesn't have to look like prim and proper jesus this is, I mean, <laughs> this is basically just for all of you who have not heard the horror bandwagons basically sergio loving everything that's happening to me just like slowly picking it apart the whole time uh-huh. so. <laughs> but i love that i love the i i love the dynamic because i feel like i kind of do both of those things like I, I, yeah. I talk about things that I love but I also pick the part the ship that I can't <laughs> stand so um but yeah the exteriors look fantastic but then you get into the interiors of this and it's just like mm. holy shit like the interiors like really the well. set design is so good like you you feel really like, well thought out like you feel like you're there like it mm-hmm. doesn't there's nothing about like the set design of this film that takes me out whatsoever. Like there's nothing that like, I'm like, that doesn't look realistic at all. Like it all looks so fucking real. Exactly. Yeah. Well, and I, I like that. Like so many, uh, 
so many of the of the movies that like have you inside a spaceship and mm-hmm. we'll take like star wars as a great example it's all these like nice clean hallways that are all white and i think that this is so much more realistic like you go to like if you've ever been on like a navy ship for example you've got pipes that are running through the hallway you've got like it's not this like nice fancy looking thing it's not pretty except and, for the for the little area where they're all sleeping yeah, yeah this like, is that's nice it's completely <laughs> believable that this is a cargo vessel i think that they did a great job with the set design mm-hmm. here and i also like this is the first part where i really noticed the score that like it has that like just natural it was almost reminiscent of the like the the i, I don't think it's the rite of spring but it's some sort of like spring theme song with the, the like da 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 like that yeah. that song mm-hmm. like it, it reminded me a lot of that and it was just meant to feel like tranquil and like mm-hmm. everyone's just waking up everything's normal like you're completely fine which i'll touch on a little bit later but like i i think that like everything came together for a perfect opening scene to this movie yeah. oh for sure and i love like um i love when everything like starts turning itself on because essentially like they're all sleeping still in like their, you know, their little pods. And it doesn't, it doesn't say how long they've been sleeping. So my question, yeah, I was wondering that my next question is, is who was taking care of the cat this whole time while they were all sleeping? Because oh, if I, think not- the, I think the cat has a pod of its own. Well, no? the cat was going to be put in a pod. We do not know for sure whether or not the cat was in stasis. <laughs> Because I have a, I have a feeling. The cat just like, caused this <laughs> case closed. Just like technologically speaking, I feel like you know it, the these stasis pods are probably you know lowering the the body temperature, letting mm-hmm. the body subsist off of fewer nutrients, all this other stuff. Because you don't see them plugged into an IV, so I don't, I, I don't really know the the science behind how it would work. But I, I don't know whether the cat was in stasis or not. But I feel like you could probably just have a system where like a little bit of food comes out and the cat just like does its own. <laughs> thing uh, the cat's name is jones right yes jones. yeah jones jones I, yeah it's Everyone just never Jonesy, but yeah like it's just never explained like where like the cat <laughs> just shows up like in the next scene just randomly and it's yeah. like oh, okay well, well like, you, need, space. you need the like space vermin control while you're right. asleep <laughs> well oh, but it's no. just like that was my question on most recent watch i was like so who like because it doesn't say how long they've been asleep maybe they've only been asleep for a short time but it's like if they're all asleep and if this cat hasn't been put into hypersleep, who is taking care of the cat? Like, is the cat just yeah. you know, running around the spaceship? I've been chilling for, for a while. Nice? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know. So that was something I thought was kind of funny on most recent watch. But then I also found something very interesting is when they all wake up. John Hurt's mm-hmm. character Kane is the first one to wake up as well, saw- and he's the first one to get picked off. He's the, that that is very like foreshadowing for us mm-hmm. how he's, he's the first one to get up. I I saw that because we uh, I rewatched it again. I was like I I want to look at it again. And I'm like I caught that. I was like oh my god that's so interesting. Yeah, it's it's very subtle, but I think you know when you watch it more than once, I think you pick up on it. I thought that was mm-hmm. kind of interesting to note. Um, so like in the next scene, they're just like kind of eating breakfast, and this is kind of like you get the scene where they're all kind of you know interacting with each other, cracking jokes, and they're talking yeah. about like oh, we should get paid more. We need to talk about the bonus oh, situation. Yeah, yeah. We need, you know, and that comes well, because a- they kind of when because they were uh, when they were waking up, they obviously there's some sort of interruption for that. So they were woken up for a reason. So it's like, what is this? Why are we why are we awake? You know, if we're going to be awake, it's because we're yeah. we should get more money. Well, and actually, that does bring up something that I thought about watching everyone come out of stasis like 
do they have families back on back on earth? Because when we when they wake up, it's established that they're 10 months away. But like if you're put in stasis, you're not like experiencing this time passing. So and, and you know, just we know through physics that time passes slower in space. Mm-hmm. So I feel like like you would come back and like all of a sudden your spouse that you left is like 30 years older than you because yeah. you've just been in stasis. Yeah. I, I just wonder like the dynamics of how that plays out. Yeah, because it's never like it's never that's never explained. Like you never know if they have any of them have like family members at home. Like none of them do any of them ever talk about. No, well, it's never even mentioned, which makes me think that. Yeah, no one really talks about family. Maybe if you do this like for a living, you just like you don't have a house. You don't like keep stuff (laughs) on Earth. Oh my! Well, because who pays your rent while you're gone? Like, oh, (laughs) yeah, who waters your fern while you're gone? Who does that? Mm -hmm. You know, I like this aspect because it kind of leaves you guessing, like how we're Mm -hmm. doing right now, because it's kind of like we're we're just dropping into we're like flies on a wall of this one and like this one part of somebody's life yeah but you yeah. know what this goes back to my found footage point that's all unnecessary information oh, we're fine God. without it the movie well, is perfectly we're, fine we're establishing it. characters i <laughs> yeah. do like how this part of the spaceship like it's not pretty it's like they're literally all in like a tight space and you know just like over each other and again we're like me i'm just like excited because i'm like oh my god it's ripley we, we see ripley but yeah. she's not the main character right now the main character is probably the captain yeah uh dallas he's kind of just mm-hmm. like we we know that he's the captain and he has this scene where he goes into um the the little area where he talks to mother which is the ai yeah. Um, of the group and I think he always has these scenes in this movie where he's ta- talking to mother and he kind of knows what's going on but yet he continues to talk to everybody like, right like yeah. everything's normal um, and in this same scene we get this like we start the whole trouble with Ash like what's going on with yeah Ash? you get the clash between Ash and uh, Ripley kind of subtly mm-hmm. in this scene and it, like I like how that dynamic like builds towards the oh end. yeah yeah like you know like it's just they're just butting heads like she knows what's up and he's like you're kind of like getting in the way right and i found this i found this kind of interesting because i feel like there's like subtle elements of sexism in this film like like uh oh like the same as it is in the thing like the prequel to the thing with mary elizabeth winstead's character like it's the same thing like they think that women don't know anything men are the ones that know everything so constantly in this film like she's you know trying to follow protocol and all of these other men are like basically overrunning her because you know that's exactly their, that's and their he, uh macho man mentality they're like well i don't you know i don't have to listen to some woman you and know even in the scene where like and this like always irks me the scene where they're bringing back um uh kane and she is like saying to Ash, like, you can't open the, the door we can't get him in we need to mm-hmm. there needs to be quarantine protocols and you know, she later explains, like, I am the person who makes the orders whenever the captain's not here. I am that person. And yeah. Ash is like, I don't care. I'm going to not I'm going to listen to the the man inst- instead of you. And Pretty during much. the whole movie, it's like I, I like I'm surprised uh, Ripley didn't go off on people later being like, I told you so. I told you so. Everybody, I told you. But <laughs> yeah. she doesn't. She, she's a much bigger person than that. Than yeah. I am. Well, and that quarantine um, scene just hit home, particularly extra right now because of everything that's going on. I'm just like, yeah. everyone on the ship except for Ripley is an anti-masker. You can just tell. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like the scene also because this is a scene where they talk about like... Um, 
they've intercepted or mother has intercepted some sort of transmission, like a distress uh-huh. call. And so they've been directed towards that. Like it was an automatic like thing. And that's why they're all awake and stuff. And so like, I really love this next scene because you get to the, like when they're preparing to land onto the planet, like the mm-hmm. whole fucking, like it, like I said, this is just a testament to how amazing, like the effects are in this movie because like they get, when they get out of the ship, you see like the whole huge spaceship from Prometheus. Oh Yeah. And it's it just so crazy. It looks so real. Like I can't. It looks I can't. so real. I mean, this whole landing scene when they're like landing onto this this planet, it's just like you're enthralled the whole entire time. Like yeah. you're like really into it. Like no, there, no one's really having a lot of dialogue. You're just seeing all of this happen, and it's still like this movie still holds up. It's still it's still good, just as a, any movie right now with like five hundred million dollar budget. Right. Um, you know, so this whole scene is, is really good. Um, I do want to just uh, note here that I I love the fact that the writer is for, for any person can to, to be like, just go home, you know, forget about that. You know, you're literally 10 months away. Just go home. But the fact that there's money attached to this, you know, mm-hmm. the reason why they have to do this is like, if we don't do this, no one gets anything. So yeah, so it's like we were basically woken up from hypersleep for nothing, <laughs> yeah. essentially. Yeah, but the, there's a reason, you know. Like, let's take somebody like Cody who would be like, "This is like, who's very skeptical and just is like, oh, the this isn't realistic.' But they should just like ignore that that call. But no, there, there's a reason why they have to do this. You know? Yeah, yeah, and it's and it's interesting because when they get there, um, it's uh. Who is it? It's like three people to go out. So it's um, Kane. It's Kane, Dallas. Dallas and, and uh, Lambert. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do want to say one of the other pieces that like really, uh, it just confused me was when the ship itself is landing, the landing gear gets all sorts of messed up because and oh, the, and yeah, the yeah. movie shows is it's all because the ship didn't land on a level surface. And I don't understand how a ship that is this technologically advanced doesn't have sensors to tell you where it is okay to land your ship. (laughs) If your landing gear is going to get messed up that easily. I mean, I, from the get go, when they were like, Oh, we're going to take a little thing down. I'm like, why don't, why don't you have a little probe? I mean, this is a, this is a mining ship that like, I feel like you'd have to be able to probe what the atmosphere is like where you're going and like Mm -hmm. what is going on. And I feel like these are all things that you could have done from orbit and not have to send a manned crew down to the planet to, you know, pick up an alien, basically. Mm-hmm. But I, don't, I, I just I, I call BS on the landing gear, number one, being so fragile that landing on an uneven surface breaks your ship for, you know, a day. Yeah. <laughs> but then also that if that's the case, some engineer somewhere wouldn't have been like, well, every time we land this, it's going to mess be messed up. Right. So let's just like put a sensor on it. So it says don't land here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like a, like a modern day GPS. Cannot. Seriously. <laughs> I mean, it, cause it, it even shows that the ship is like able to see what the terrain of the surface is like. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I, like there's some sort of disconnect there. I, I understand the literary point or like why it needs to be there, but I, I just don't like it personally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think, I think I agree with you on that, Cody. I don't really understand why the whole, um, spaceship breaking down for however amount of time like was i don't know like uh, crucial to the plot i don't understand like why that would be so i don't know because it doesn't really 
I don't know. Because they don't get stranded there or anything. No, it's not like they're stuck here and like having to fight off this alien in this little ship. They end up getting back to the the main ship. So I think that that scene with them like crashing is kind of, I don't know, maybe pointless in my opinion. But and it's really entirely that like I don't get why these suits are designed the way they are. Because I feel like if you're going to design something to go to any planet where Mm -hmm. the atmosphere is unknown, but more importantly, the gravity is unknown. I feel like a, a a properly designed suit should have something to allow employees to support themselves. You know, some yeah. sort of exoskeleton that has a like mechanized movement function that can be uh, turned on to assist people who are walking on very dense planets. Like, you know, this one could be, I don't know. I just feel like it, like everything is like too perfect. You know, that's <laughs> yeah. my, that's the OSHA alert. So thank you for joining me on this adventure, everybody. <laughs> that has been Cody. Um, so I wanted to kind of just jump into the the discovery of mm-hmm. the first, the very first um, xenomorph. Yeah. So, yeah. well, I mean, are, are they called differently? Well, it's this technically thing? a face hugger that they encounter first. Okay. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that hatches the xenomorph once it lays its eggs or whatever. Yeah. Also, I mean, off the bat, uh, we have to address it. This is like, does anyone get sexual vibes? Yes. From the face huggers, like having the idea of someone grasping your head and just like probing you through your like the whole idea just uh, like <laughs> causes me to like squirt because I just mm-hmm. can't imagine like this thing just like grasping to you. But pretty much we have uh, Kane, who is the one who falls into kind of like the pit. Yep. And figures out, like, sees like there's a ton of them. So, obviously, as an audience member, you're like, there's a lot. And the fact that, like, we're focusing on one in the back of your mind is like, there's more of these later on. Well, and the fact that Uh, he's just like walking up to it without even like doing any sort of like safety, it's like you are on a. Yeah, it's like you're on an unknown planet with an unknown organism that you clearly see is moving inside of whatever this fucking oh, egg egg thing is. Yeah. It looks disgusting. Like when he first walks up it to looks it, disgusting. it, it looks like um. And then it, it opens. Like, yeah, Ugh, it's it so opens. It opens, and then you're like, huh? Okay, let me just let me just pop in here and see what's going on. Let me see the deal. And I'm like, no, 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 no. That that is your first thing. Like, let's bring everybody here. Um, no, let's not do that. <laughs> let's not do that. But I did want to know how the mech, because he had a he had a uh, a hat, a hat. He a had a um, a helmet on. But later on, when they bring him in, it's it seems like he's like for, like went through the glass yeah. of the or the plastic or whatever it is of the helmet to kind of reach his face. So it's mm-hmm. kind of like become one with with it, which is like so many questions. I'm like, what yeah. the fuck is this? I mean, now knowing what what this uh, creature is over time because of the other movies. But I'm also just in my mindset. I'm like, okay, let me think of it as a, it's the first time I've ever seen this. Yeah. Um, it's really cool. It's really, honestly, it's cool, but also gross at the same time. <laughs> yeah. And the, and the design of the face hugger is, ugh, I hate it because it reminds me of just a big giant fucking spider. And I, I hate spiders. Like, oh, yeah. ask anyone, they will yes, tell you that is true. like my worst fear. Like, I don't know if you listen to the poor podcasts, uh, uh, phobias episode yet but I talk highly mm-hmm. talk very much on how much I hate spiders in that episode Um, but it just it reminds <laughs> me of a, it reminds me of a spider and it's just it's gross looking like the like oh the, so it's slimy it's like 
uh, it just very very gross. I can't, yeah, I can't. Well, and then you get like the scene where um, they're carrying him back to the ship, and then like this is the scene where uh, Ripley's like, "No, we're not letting him in." This like, whole thing, you yeah. know. And Lambert, I find a little annoying in this film. I think she's the I think she's the passive version of Ripley. Like she's the woman that's like okay with the man taking charge, and she's perfectly fine with like you know going later on she she ends up getting on my nerves definitely because it's like let ripley lead and she's just like no what are you talking about you know it's well she gets gets on my nerves yeah well she gets on my nerves in this scene too because she's like open the goddamn door and it's like oh yeah 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 yeah, because she's like she's getting all like attitude with ripley too and it's like bitch i don't know who you think you are but uh Ripley is in charge right now. So I don't, I don't, I don't know who you think you are, honey, sweetheart. You might want to step down a few pegs before you decide to get. Oh yeah. Seriously. Um, So they, so they bring, so they bring him in and he's inside Mm -hmm. um, and they're all kind of just like freeze the thing. They don't know how to get it off him because it seems like he's like attached. And the more you kind of probe at the, the face hugger, it seems like because it has his cord around his neck, mm-hmm. which um, is so gross and looking. Too. I know, yeah, because it's like a combination of a snake and a spider, you know. So it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> well, oh and, no! <laughs> and this scene was another OSHA alert. Actually, I have to. Oh I my forgot God. about this one. Um, they are wearing like no protective equipment whatsoever. Oh yeah, they're you just know in nothing there. about this, and they're just like you know, just got these like little face masks on, mm-hmm. no safety glasses, mm-hmm. no, like no special gloves, no nothing. Like I would, especially if you ju- were just talking about how you needed to bring him in here to quarantine him, you need to be in like completely protective suits because yeah. you don't know what this is. I mean, obviously we later find out that like it's blood is like acid that eats through everything. Yeah. yeah. Like you take, you could take the most basic of precautions here. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, yeah. And it's like even Ripley, even Ripley isn't like taking like the, you know, full safety. She's the one who was just fucking basically yeah, preaching about true. we can't let this person in that breaches safety, you know, quarantine protocol. Like we cannot let him in. Well, and I then- think she's now accepted the fact that this this thing is inside. So she because later on, she's like, we all now have to take our quarantine pro- protocols mm-hmm. because of it. Um, so we then. You know, as Cody mentioned, like when you cut off one of his like their legs, their blood is pretty much acid that is going through. It's strong enough. And this is a good yeah. scene because we now see the how dangerous this thing is because the acid goes through the floors and they mm-hmm. have to keep going down to figure out where it's coming from. Like well, how far be- it's going to. Well, and before that scene, because that's the scene where they finally get the thing off of him, because there's the scene where they're um, I don't remember exactly what they're chatting about, but. Uh, they get a call from Ash saying that they have to come see this. And then uh, Kane is in the room, but the thing is gone. And this scene to me is yeah. freaky as fuck because no way am I going in that room to look for that thing, first of all. Because that's like what I feel Funny. like. That's what I feel like when there's a big fucking spider in my house somewhere. And then I lose track of where it's at. I'm like, oh my gosh. And now it, it could be anywhere. Yeah, Literally. You just have to burn the whole place down. Right. right. Yeah. Now, you have no choice, but they're in space, so they can't burn things. <laughs> right. Uh-huh. But definitely corn, like don't step into that room, but they're all like, trying to find out where where it's where it is well in the part where he's like don't go in the corners because it might be in the corner without a light Ooh, i'm like oh god and then that oh, scene where god. rip you get that shot of ripley where she's standing there and, and it's like see hanging the, Ooh, yeah and it just like falls on her oh it's so gross looking because yeah. it literally just looks like a big giant spider and i'm like oh my god if i yeah, was yeah, yeah. like if i was ripley in that scene i'd be like get me on a, a escapes pod right now i'm getting off this damn ship i don't care yeah, i'm not doing this anymore yeah i i don't I would feel gross throughout the whole the whole experience. Ten more months of this? No way. 
Um, (laughs) So we, I don't know if this happens. So we get this face off between Ash and uh, Ripley, Sigourney Weaver, Mm -hmm. um, which I'm, I literally was like clapping, like, yes, yes. I love this whole scene where Sigourney Weaver was like, okay, so I just want to like put you in your place uh, really quickly. Um, Can I just let, let you know when, when no one's around, I am the captain here. Okay. I'm the captain now. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, and, but then Ash does clap back also. It's like, you know, you might want to let me do these things because later it's found, find out, found out that anything scientific wise has to be kept to Ash. And then we find out because Sigourney Weaver uh, talks to Dallas about this. We find out that Dallas has never worked with Ash before. Yeah, and it's like, yeah. how much do you know about Ash? Yeah. And it's like, well, you know, we had a scientific professor, but then the company took him, aw- took them away. And then we found out that Ash is a new days. member. Two days before the trip. Yeah. Which That's is insane. like, he's clearly a plant for some reason. Which is like, obvious. Yeah. Cause his character is super sketchy from the get go. Like there's just something weird about him. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, there's mm-hmm. just something that, that's not quite right with him from the beginning, but like, you know, yeah. and you see well, like a progression looks, of his. Yeah, like, he sounds you know. like setting stuff up. You know, he definitely sounds like, oh yeah, we have to do this. He's trying to tell everybody what to do, um, and obviously he's he's like, we need to take this life form back. Yeah, to, well, to us, yeah. it's like, no, no way, we have to kill it. And yeah. and the other thing that I really appreciate about this scene is like going up right before everyone runs into the med bay, you, you see the camera pans across the ship like just like as a callback to the beginning of the movie and you hear the music be like a distorted version of what it was before where like stuff is just like off and it's it's i love that that comes together to be like the same scene you're seeing the same thing but what you're hearing is a little weird and it just yeah. gives you that like unsettling feeling of like something isn't right here but we don't know what mhm yeah also very very important question here <laughs> michael yes what is what are your thoughts on milk oh i hate milk milk i what? have I, I oh my god i have milk on cereal and that's it like i don't like milk i don't like the smell of milk i don't well, like <laughs> so we have this scene where ash takes a big gulp of milk and cody goes like ew who takes a gulp of milk and i'm like i would take a gulp of milk i love milk but like he has a cup <laughs> and he drinks like almost all of it in one giant gulp and i'm just like which That's... then makes me because later on he like jizzes all over the place because he like literally is <laughs> made of milk all right is this a pg podcast sorry <laughs> <laughs> no oh hell no we already played fuck mary kill so i think we're like we're past that so <laughs> So he gets he like gets broken into it. I'm only assuming that all the white stuff is because of the milk he's had. But why yeah. is this important? Why do we have a scene where he drinks milk? Is that important? Do you think do you think it's like any underlying thing? Well, maybe I mean, maybe it's maybe it's what Cody said, like how he drinks it all in one thing. It's supposed to be something that maybe you pick up on later. Like, how is that? How is that? How is someone able to just oh. drink that all in one freaking like? Because because Cody's right. right. He literally just takes it and just like what? Like in one gulp, and it's like that's not. This isn't. This isn't the 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 milk gallon challenge. It's, right. There's a milk. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, where you have to like drink no, the I, whole thing. I, and and like if you you have to drink the whole gallon of milk in an hour, and you can't like eat anything else to soak it up, and then inevitably you puke because Ew, okay because your stomach can't handle that much milk in it. So like, 
It, yeah, it, it's <sighs> just something's not right here. I'm yeah. very much with you. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not a milk drinker. Oh, I put it yeah. on cereal. It has its place, uh, but its place is not alone in a glass. I agree. So we do. We sorry. I don't. I don't want to take over. Do, do you have anything? So, <laughs> no, 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 you're good. Next we have. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, I did want to go back to the autopsy scene, unless that's the scene you were going to hit next, because I think. No, no, I was, I was, I was oh, yeah. Let's go. Let's go to the autopsy. Okay, because I, I, when you were talking okay. about how like this thing um, excretes acid, <laughs> I thought that was a very smart um, thing because I think that was one of the issues that they ran into when they were writing this film, where they're like, how are we going to make it dif- more difficult for these, you know, crew members to kill this thing. Oh, I know. We'll just make it, you know, we'll make its blood made of acid kind of a thing. So it's like, oh, if, yeah. they, if they try to kill Even this thing. Kill it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I think that was a very genius thing to implement in this film. Like, as far as like making this thing even more difficult to kill, like it's already like pretty exactly. difficult to kill considering it adapts very quickly. Cause Ash says something later on about how like this thing adapts, like this thing, you know, it's, fucking grows like so quick because when the in the yeah. ch- you know i don't want to jump too far ahead but in the chest burster scene it's like a little tiny baby mm-hmm. so it's like then it like in a matter of fucking hours it turns into this big giant fucking alien thing so it's like this thing is like already difficult enough to kill so then you add that extra element of like we can't actually kill this thing without jeopardizing <laughs> the ship like the integrity of the ship because yeah. like well uh, so i i mean counterpoint to that potential is we don't know that that the xenomorph has that same acid blood only but the it, face huggers but it, but so i have a i have a comment in my notes um when when we still see the face hugger on uh on kane is his name mm-hmm. uh, and when we still see it on the first thing that pops into my head and like it was probably a little bit tainted by the fact that like i know it's coming but i feel like if you just look at nature and you were to think about like what possible purpose could uh, something like this have. And there are some examples of a similar thing in nature where like uh, one animal basically attaches itself to another and takes over that animal's functions. It is always to keep that other animal alive while you incubate your young. That's always what it is. And so I look at this and I just think like, it's obviously keeping him alive for a reason. And there's no discernible reason other than because it's trying to grow something inside of him because it's not like taking, it's not taking life from him, uh, especially when it like it, it does its thing and then it dies. Like yeah. there's, there's no discernible function other than to put something inside him that needs to be inside a living host to grow, yeah. Yeah. which we later find out it is, but it's like, it maybe the face hugger has that acid blood as a further defense mechanism that like you can't take it off until yeah. it's done its full job. Yeah. And then once it has it, it dies because it has no other purpose because all it exists as is a mechanism to get the alien baby inside of a human host so that it mm-hmm. can grow and nurture. Yeah. 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 That's a very, that's a very good point. Um, and it, yeah, they don't, they don't really like explain whether or not the alien itself has like acid blood, but I think it's insinuated just because it's like, it's coming from this, this host. So I'm, yeah, assuming, exactly. like, I'm assuming this alien also has acid in its blood as well, just because it's, yeah. you know, coming from this organism that already, you know, has that. So I don't know. I just thought that was a really clever, um, way of like making this. Yeah. It's, a, it's more... a good optical to give, to give these characters where it's like adding more fear, uh, to the movie right to this monster it's like wait a minute 
you know, and it makes and it makes them like feel helpless because they, they can't do anything. Well, yeah. they do. Event, they do eventually feel helpless. Like when uh, Ripley asked Ash straight up, how do we kill it? And Ash is literally like, don't we can't kill it. Yeah, literally like you there. He's like, the probability of you surviving this is none. So I feel sorry for you guys. And it's like, <laughs> Pretty much. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, shit. OK. Um, yeah. Can we talk about the chest burster scene really quickly? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It, uh, I cannot watch the scene and not think of Spaceballs. I just can't. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Spaceballs totally ruined this scene for me. I love this scene. But when <laughs> when that that the, the little the little guy comes out, the chest burster comes out of you and he's just like, hey, hey, like, how you doing? <laughs> yeah, I think I personally think it's kind of adorable looking when it's a baby. It little, is adorable. It, it's so and it's, it's like a- it, it makes that little. Yeah, it's it's like, like, look at you in your little teeth. Look yeah, at it's you. Like, oh. And then it's just like, <laughs> it like starts attacking you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It, it like it, it's well because it, it runs away now. So now they they've lost it into the into the abyss of the the spaceship. Right, and I love how this scene first starts out because it seems like everything's fine, but like you kind of you kind of know in the back of your mind that Kane's not quite right. You can tell that there's something. Yeah. Because he wakes up and he. He's like, oh, I'm fine, blah, 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 blah. But it's like, you're like, oh, I don't think you well, are. Well, he was like, where are we? Like, where, what, where, you know, what is this? And also, I w- I'm so sorry, but I would not feel comfortable being around somebody who had this thing on their face, uh, possibly, you know, feeding him whatever organisms that was inside of him into I his agree. mouth. So it's like, I don't feel comfortable just being like, hey, buddy, let's go. You know, I just don't I, I didn't feel comfortable. And obviously, like they they learned the hard way. Yeah. And they're all like <laughs> they're all like sitting at right next to him at the table and at, at the kitchen table, just eating like nothing ever happened. And it's exactly. like, do not any of you do any of you like have any sort of reservation with being next to him right now? Because, <laughs> well, like, I mean, to be fair, we don't know how long it was after that happened. Like he could have, yeah. maybe they had him in isolation for a couple of days. Yeah, they probably fine. missed him and they were like, oh, we're so happy that you're you're back to normal. But this does go to like, this is the exact replicas uh, of the scene from the beginning of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that scene, like you feel safe. It's kind of like uh, in your mind, it kind of told you when we're in this room with everybody, we're safe. This is our uh, safe space. Yeah. Safe yeah. Space. So when it happens again, that quickly cuts off because of Mm -hmm. everything that happened so you're like holy shit now this is no longer our safe space even with everyone around us we're this is where everything kind of like starts spiraling down yeah Um, and obviously like from here on out when they're going to look for for uh this little thing every time they they you know interact with with this monster it grows like they still don't know how Mm -hmm. it looks like you know, they're still new to this. So it's like every time they see it, it's like, what is this? And I feel like yeah. even if you think about it, Ripley does not see the monster full on until the end where she's like hiding and she's like about to like blow up this blow up the spaceship. She doesn't yeah. actually see the monster until that last part. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, holy crap. And also, I want to discuss the the design of the monster. So oh, fantastic. I love how this thing fucking looks also yeah. so yeah. smart to make it look like the spaceship itself yes because you get that because one it, scene later you know later on where it's just like it turns and it's like oh my god like it's so smart to do that i don't know if this monster just casually adapts to its environment but 
having it look like the wires of all the the spaceship and it makes the beginning scene a little bit more important because as you go through the the spaceship you're like taking everything in and now you're like everything looks just like this he can blend into this yeah um and it was funny because i was watching a little documentary on the making of this movie and they based the the monster um the xenomorph off this uh, artist who apparently took a ton of drugs and was like a ton of like cocaine and just like LSD, like, LSD. like he did a lot of drugs and he drew he drew a lot of paintings and it was always about like all these like wiry monster like contraptions um, very wild and the the writer was like wow this is I we need to base this monster off of this because it's yeah. so out there and it's so creepy looking to look at you know and it's so cool like i don't thought it was was fun (laughs) yeah no i think that's very interesting and um i actually have a fun fact to like put on top of that as well so like with the chest burster scene like when when it first Mm -hmm. when it first like explodes but doesn't fully come out that was like a mess up take so like people i feel like people are i thought so yeah so i feel like people are under the assumption that it was done in one take which is not true like i read this um a while back that that that's not true they did it in two takes so the take where it's kind of coming out where it kind of comes out but doesn't come out fully was like a, a screw up like something went wrong oh wow so the whole like it's, but they kept that in because they thought that kind of looked cool like it was like you know which i agree with i think it's like oh shit what's going on and then when it yeah because you think that's it it's like oh okay okay but like at the same time nobody reacts it's like blood just blurted out it's like okay and then that's where it's like you hear the whole yeah like, and then ah. it, and then it comes out and oh my god oh god <laughs> oh my god <laughs> I love the way she's oh my oh. god oh my god oh god <laughs> okay <laughs> um, but I think so, it's, I think it does kind of look funny the way it runs off too like when it goes running across the table it's like it like looks and it goes <laughs> yeah it just shoots off <laughs> it's like oh buddy okay you're you're leaving and then they're all just like looking at each other like what the fuck just happened and their friend just died their friend literally is dead you yeah, know that, um that was and they one shoot thing. him into, into space yeah that was one thing I wanted to bring up they're all kind of like I don't know. You get the assumption huh. that they're all really close with each other, that they've been working with each other for a long time, but they don't seem all that broken up about him dying. Like they're all just like, okay, yeah, does like, anyone okay. want to? Yeah. And it's like, to- she's like, does anyone want to say anything before we shoot him off? And nobody says anything. It's like, okay, I guess he wasn't that important to you. Well, but then know. can you also imagine like being the other like random alien spaceship where like you're just driving around and all of a sudden a body just like splats on your windshield. Yeah. <laughs> and the way it goes like twirling <laughs> oh, into no. space is so funny. <laughs> um so i think from here on out it starts it goes into the slasher realm a little bit yeah it now starts to pick off people one by one Mm -hmm. um with the first being brett i believe yeah well because he like he's going off they're trying to find the cat right now because no they're no they're trying to find the 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 alien alien. but with that machine you yeah. find a cat instead. So then, so then they have to go find the cats. So they can hold the cat, and they know that, like, they know the cat is in this one place. So if the thing goes off again, then it's definitely the alien. Yeah. And then as he's going off to try to find the cat, he walks in. He just sees this like random water dripping from the ceiling. And he's like, "Hmm, let me just like run this into my eyes and like drink it." And I'm like, "You don't know where this is coming from. This was grossing me out. <laughs> I just like I now. What is this water that comes out of uh, the xenomorph?" But and I don't know if it what is all this like out of the xenomorph, but like I, I think oh, it's I just guess, supposed yeah. to, like it, it looked to me like it was just like 
water coming from the ship, but still I'm like, I wouldn't just like take a, it, yeah. a, a random shower and drink it and like all this other in this water that I don't know what it is. But I, I mean, you, the, the xenomorph always does. It almost looks like drool to me. Like, mm-hmm. it's just like the, uh, like all the digestive juices that are just like being generated by the xenomorph. Yeah. yeah. Now, as much as like, I see I'm I'm a fan of gore. I I will will stand a gory gory scene. Uh this movie is not gory at all. Like no. especially except for that one scene for the chestburster scene, um everything else are like cutaways. They they yeah. um they work more on the suspense of the kill instead of the actual kill. So yeah. with Brett, I actually love Brett's scene because you just get the like the you get the jabs of of the inner little baby um the baby the baby mouth, the baby mouth whatever <laughs> it's called um but you get the scene of just the cat looking at what's happening oh, like the close-up cool of the yeah. cat just like looking at what's happening and just i'm just like that cat is scarred that cat yeah. is traumatized for life well and but I that's love how- not like uh, i'm sorry go ahead oh no no i was just gonna say well i love how um like this scene just like builds and builds and builds because like at this point oh, yeah at this point you don't know that this thing has grown twice its size already like it's already because like last time you saw it it was a yeah last time you saw it it was a little baby and then he finds like the skin like he finds like the the uh, skin that it's like condom wrapper pretty much it looks disgusting (laughs) yeah and then you know what i kind of thought it looked like it kind of looks like those the turkey plastic that you put at the bottom of turkey on thanksgiving oh yeah the turkey bags yeah yeah it looks like it looks like a used turkey bag like has like the you know turkey juices in it or whatever but like (laughs) sorry to ruin anybody that likes thanksgiving i've ruined what turkey bags look like now but um i like how like that scene just like progresses like the more and more and then like with the cat when it's like you you see the cat start to come out and then it starts like hissing and then you kind of see it kind of reveal itself in the background like it's hanging upside down yeah. it looks so yeah, cool yeah. like the fuck yeah. so cool. and, <sighs> and i think that this, this like this goes back to my point earlier where like i thought that that one scene later on in the movie where he just like moves the slightest bit and it's supposed to be like the the like scary the monster is attacking us i feel like the, like shots like this are so impactful where it's like you don't see it directly and that lets you imagine the scariest thing possible yeah yeah um so then we move on to what happens? <laughs> <laughs> let me consult my notes. i think it's when they're i think it's when they're um they uh t- they send uh uh, what's this dallas into the the uh, oh oh love this scene me this too scene is awesome because he's it's like walking like, around through the like the duct system because they they realize that yeah. it's, it's going around through the ducts of the of the spaceship so they send dallas in and poor dallas bless his heart because he's i'm gonna be thirsty for a minute because i'm always thirsty dallas is hot Ooh, in this movie he okay. is okay so i like hot. his beard his beard is nice yeah. he's giving me like very kurt russell vibes oh yeah you know little kurt russell from the thing kurt. with his little flamethrower <laughs> kurt, kurt russell from the thing is my my kink no no no, no. <laughs> he's your as dad. i look directly into cody's eyes he's Kurt your daddy like, he's a, but i this whole scene is so good because it builds on suspense with the fact that like dallas is doesn't know what's what's in these vents he knows what he's doing he's also just this is the leader of this group so it's mm-hmm. like you expected dallas to be the second to last person to live yeah. you know or yeah. be the person to live and so he's going through the through the vents and um Lambert. So Lambert, yeah. Lambert, Miss Lambert is the one trying to like track down 
this ill, like, where's where's it coming from? She loses signal. And of course, she's fucking loses signal, Lambert. Um, so then she's like freaking out and she's like, get out of there. Get out of there. Because she can see it. She can see it on the screen. She can see something approaching yeah. like, really quickly. And she's like, get out of there. Lambert man we're really <laughs> shitting on Lambert. well I mean it was a little it was a little awkward because like she's like get out of there he's so he's like okay I'm gonna like leave. where do I like, go no, the other way like how is he supposed to know but that's the thing about this scene is because the audience members we don't know like where is where is it coming because we get the visual of what Lambert yeah. is seeing and we get the visual of Dallas and we're literally don't know where it's at and we're so distracted by that that when he turns around aliens right there pop oh mm -hmm. yeah that's a good scare too because like it's so disorienting enough in there like i feel like even for his character like he's like i don't know where i'm fucking going like because it's so disorienting like it looks like a maze exactly. of just like hall like little uh you know pipes and shit like to crawl through exactly and, stuff. and then you get yeah, you probably you forget what you're closing and uh, so it's like that turn and i'm usually not a fan of jump scares uh, i mean i like jump scares but there's some that are really like well crafted i think this was a well crafted jump scare yeah definitely i, I mean it's one of the things that like with all the horror movies that we've seen now like when you see a character pan and then they're about to look behind them, like, you know, a jump scare is coming, but the usual, but, like, but like, especially mirror, back then, that, open the mirror door. Yeah. That was part of the vernacular. I feel so like it was, it, it was a really, really well done jump scare. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So yeah. sadly, Dallas is no more. Mm -hmm. <sighs> and he doesn't even daddy Dallas. Like a, yeah. Daddy Dallas is dead. He doesn't even get a, like a redeeming death either. It's just like, you don't even see what happens to him. He's just dead. <laughs> And then I'm gonna get you a shirt that says Daddy Dallas now. <laughs> Daddy, yes. Uh justice for Daddy, Daddy Dallas. Dallas. Yep. Justice for Daddy Dallas. In the merch store um, shortly shortly. <laughs> but um, I like how I like how in this like next scene. Oh, were you gonna say something, Sergio? Sorry. No, no, no. I was gonna get keep it moving. Oh, well, I was just gonna say, like in the next scene, I think this is the scene right before you find out that um where you right. find out Ash right. is a robot because like there's the scene where um Ripley goes into like the control room and she's like talking to mother or she's like typing on the thing, and then you find out that their whole reason for being there is to get this organism and that I love how it says <laughs> anyone else is second, uh basically second uh oh right, like they're it's like, like they're, like crew is disposable. Like, yeah, exactly. You guys can die. Rescinded. You guys can and, die. It's fine. And I, this was the little part where I'm like, why didn't they just send something like a specialized crew out here to get this who knew what they were doing so that they wouldn't like, as a reaction, kill the creature? Because right. like, yeah, yeah, I, we, we, and we find out that like, um, that and I keep wanting to call him Bilbo. That Ash uh, <laughs> was like he knew the whole time, and he knew that this thing was happening. And it like that's your like oh moment where he's like, "Don't kill it!" earlier and all this mm -hmm. other stuff. But, but I feel like this could have been solved by having a crew who knew what they were doing, who knew what they were going to be dealing with, and with a ship that was properly equipped to be able to transport this creature back home. Because the the risks of something happening to this creature in some way, uh, even if that thing is it kills the whole crew and then the crew can't pilot the ship back. Yeah. Like it just, it feels to me like, like maybe they were just being cheap and like this vessel was already, you know, driving past for lack of a better term. Yeah. And so they, they were just like, you can just like stop by and pick this up. But I, I don't know. I just, I feel like it would have been a much higher chance for success. If mm. your overall goal is get this creature to study it 
if you yeah. just had a specialized crew that came with a special ship to do it instead of having this crew that didn't know mm. what they were doing and the ship that couldn't carry it. Well, but with that, I want to kind of like connect everything. So Dallas is the first person who realizes that the computer the mother is telling you this is the priority. Everyone else can die. Yeah. Dallas doesn't say a word to anybody else. He literally keeps it to himself. He's yeah. like, OK, I'm not going to because I think he knows as a leader, if he tells everybody, they're going to freak out. Um, yeah. He then dies. And obviously, um, Sigourney Weaver is just like, I'm going to I'm going to man this ship now and I'm I'm going to find out what to do she then finds out and ash is literally just like right behind him was like sorry you know just like this is this must be done uh, and so then <laughs> she freaks the out and this is where she, sigourney weaver is kind of the most vulnerable because she's mm-hmm. now realizing what she knew was what you know what she felt was right and so yeah. now she's kind of freaking out on him and then Ash goes like full on Terminator on her and just like literally starts swinging her around. And I'm like, Sigourney Weaver, come on, come on. Right. We're on your side. Pick yourself up. Fight a little bit. Well, yeah, why gra- can't you overpower this robot? <laughs> <laughs> well, then he gra- there you get that shot of him like grabbing like a huge clump of her hair too, where it's just like, Ugh. And oh, it's like, yeah. ouch, fuck. That's well, because how- then we know how strong Ash is. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, so then you know, everybody else comes in and tries to save Sigourney Weaver. Um, well, can I say something? Can I say something from, about from this? Having scene? A, deep throat, a, uh, a magazine, by the way, which like she oh, can yeah. still breathe through her nose. So I don't understand like how this was supposed to kill her, but that's beside the point. Was that what you were going to say? That was what I was going to say. I was going to say that that's that scene is a little weird when he like, well, when first he, before that, yeah. you see like something dripping down from his like. The side oh, of his yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can tell that he's like, there's something going on and then you know then he does the whole magazine like he rolls it up and then he like yeah. starts trying to stick it i think he's trying to like choke her with I'm it like, like stick it down her throat or something but like yeah it's that's weird. it's just weird it's like it's like is this your version of like trying to rape her or something it was just it's just a weird I, it's scene so, right yeah it was weird and i'm like huh sure. huh okay interesting yeah um but obviously you know they prevail and they they realize they're like fuck he's a robot and so they have to now um they kind of like kill him but not really kill him they kind of you know kind of get him back alive and they're like hey ash speak to me and he's like i can i can i can speak to you and that's where we find out that ash is like yeah this this was priority the whole time and you know your lives are not really that important and so you have you guys have no chance. And so, you know, now it's only Lambert, uh, Parker and uh, Ripley left alive on this ship. Yeah. And something that uh, that Ash says after they like reanimate his head and like are asking him questions um, is he basically was he, he's like gushing about how how great yeah. this monster is and how cool it is. And at one point and I wrote this down because I just thought it was so it was such good foreboding is that he called the creature a survivor, unclouded by conscience. And I'm just like, that is what Sigourney Weaver is going to be at the end of this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, so, so then that we have the, the three remaining people, and I guess now they split up, I think. So I, I, I did get confused at, at this point as to you know, so much is going on now. So I think Lambert and Parker went to go do something. I forgot what they were supposed to do. They're I getting, think that they they were getting explosives to to do something, right? Yeah, I think they're I like think getting they're canisters like to blow a hole in the hall or something. Like they're, I think they're talking about trying to send it out into like the 
you know, outer space or something. So they're trying to, I think they're trying to get that set up and then, yeah, that th- this scene's kind of cool too, but this scene also pisses me off because it's like Lambert, what the fuck are you doing? Move, move your ass! Oh like, yeah, when the alien just, comes up, yeah, because like well, there's like she freezes, she doesn't know what to do. She's, she's just like, I like, can't, I can't. <laughs> yeah, and he's like, move. <laughs> oh, it's so annoying. Like he's just like, move. Like Parker's like, move out of the uh, way. I, I mean, also this is. Lambert's first time seeing this alien for the first time. She, she doesn't know how it looks at, at this point. So having to see like this, what six foot seven guy just like come up in front of her and it's like this alien. Yeah. Well, um, and then like I, I, we're, we're kind of bashing Lambert a little bit here, but like if you put yourself in her shoes, this monster has been like the thing of nightmares so far. And then here it is in front of you and all you can probably think is like, I'm about to die. Like no matter what I do, I'm about to die. And so like, yeah. what can you do? Like, do you try to fight back? Cause you're just going to die. Or do you stand there? Cause you're just going to die. Do you try to run? Cause you're just going to die. Like I can understand the, like being paralyzed by like, what in the world do I do with this situation? Because she's kind of trapped there. But this, this also is a good scene because as we don't see the carnage, but you hear Ripley hear the carnage. Yeah. Ripley has to hear them being like either torn apart or whatever it is. You can hear the screams. You can hear. I mean, obviously, we do see that, you know, um, Parker gets the jabs I- into him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but and then, like we... the tail comes up between uh, uh, her legs. <gasps> oh, yeah. That was legs. So yeah. Icky. Then it, <laughs> I, I feel like it like literally probably impales her up the, you know, up the behind. I think oh! is what, what happens there. I, I don't. Like, I don't think it's it's not shown, but I'm assuming that's what happened. Was it? A yeah, I'm yeah. assuming it. Yeah, it was not pleasant. Yeah. So we are now yeah. just with Ripley, the last one. And this whole scene, the last one, she managed to just not be able to interact with this alien at all. Um, yeah. But obviously, yeah. she's the she's the smartest one out of them all. So yeah. Um, at this yeah. point, she's going to self destruct this um, this ship, and she's going to take the the, the little shuttle thing. Um, on her own um and she manages to find jones the cat who's mm-hmm. still alive awesome so she she puts him in the in the little like box thing which she later on leaves <laughs> behind i'm like because she gets scared because now it's counting down and she sees the alien just around the corner and she's like fuck well and i love that i love that little bit of hesitation that she has as well like when she when she sets it when she sets it to self-destruct you know, she's going through the ship and stuff like that. And then she kind of has like that moment where she's like, oh, never mind. I don't want to do this. This was a bad decision. And then I you know, know she, right. Yeah. And I love that because I love that she like, you know, kind of questions herself for a minute. But then it's realizes, a real like it's a real reaction because that's what I would do if I was on the ship. I'd be like, oh, shit, what did I just do? I don't even know if I'm going to get well, because here. then you realize you don't have as much time as you thought. And you're like, fuck, mm-hmm. fuck, fuck, fuck. And because you're like, oh, wait, there's an alien I need to like get through in order to survive yeah so i mean i i totally get that she manages to get jones awesome for her um (laughs) and so she doesn't see it anymore so she's able to get on and during this whole time you kind of forget about the alien for a little bit because Because you kind of are just you just wanted to get off the ship right because this scene is like the way this scene is it's like it's so intense because you hear like the sirens in the background and it's like t minus two minutes to you know self-destruct and stuff like that and then there's a i wanted to bring up like a really cool shot because like you know from a cinematographer standpoint i fucking Mm -hmm. love the shot where you just see like that close-up of her hand like come up and then she kind of just like peeks up 
Oh, I love oh, that yeah, shot yeah, yeah. so much. Oh, yeah, so good. So, it was a great shot. Yeah, there's like so many good shots in this film, but that was like particularly, I think, my favorite shot of this whole film. And then mm-hmm. like all the shots that you get of the alien too, of course, are just fantastic. But yeah, she, Yeah. I love, I love this whole sequence, like where it's just like handheld and um, the director did all the handheld stuff from what I read. So uh, yeah, Ridley Scott did like all of the handheld, like anything that's handheld, shaky type of stuff. Ridley yeah. Scott filmed that. There's, there's one particular one that I remembered I loving was it is a like pan around. So it's like it starts off on Ash and it goes around and goes around to the other side of Ash with then Ash turns and looks and it keeps going. So it's like yeah. one continuous shot. Uh, I thought that was really cool. So but like I could feel that there's a person like literally just. Instead of now where there's probably machines that like move that around for you, this person is probably like just carrying a, a big, huge camera <laughs> around this person. But yeah, I, th- I thought that was really cool. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Ripley ends up making it into the shuttle with Jonesy. And I guess, you know, it explodes. Yeah. Well, and then as long as you don't pause the movie, you think you're fine. <laughs> Right. Imagine you're she got out. Okay. And the movie. <laughs> yeah. And I, I fucking love this this scene coming up because she like, you know, she's she's there, she's with the cat. You get this moment of like, oh, okay, I'm safe. Like right? the alien's dead. The the space, you know, and she But then she starts to like take off everything off because you know, we it's kind of like everyone just like we're home, we're safe, we're taking off everything else. She's at her most vulnerable mm-hmm. at, at this point. You know, she's, also she's like Courtney yeah. Weaver with the rock and bod. She's after her. She's hot in this movie. Like she's good. Seriously. Like, she is so good looking in this film. Like I was telling my sister that when I was watching this yesterday, I was like, damn, she, <laughs> Sigourney Weaver is hot in this movie. No wonder like so many men were literally like, underwear, literally just like thin, thin straps. Like I'm like, how is this underwear even keeping on? <laughs> like, oh, oh my God, this is definitely seventies bod right now. Oh, for sure. Um, yeah. But she's at her most vulnerable. And, you know, obviously we get this great scene where she I forget what she was doing, but um, she was looking at there was like a bunch of wiring. And then we see the alien hand come out and we're like, oh, this is where the alien is. It's like it's in the fucking shuttle. And oh, when, my like, God. You can see its and head. You can see its me. head the whole time, too. Like, you can yeah. See, yeah. yeah. This has got to be a really effective thing because I feel like this also predates the like the concept of the final scare that like everyone knows is a thing now. Like you go yeah. to see a horror movie and you're just like, you can't relax until you know that you're past the final scare at the yeah. end of the movie. And I feel like it, this was just so well done because you think you're fine. She's like, she's getting undressed. She puts the cat in the stasis, the stasis chamber. She's ready to go. And then she goes to like grab one thing and it's just like, oh my God, the alien's here. Yeah. And what do you do? And I, you know, I thought that what she did here was great where she like, you know, it was the quick thinking, the like tying yourself into the chair and then so lucky for her. Skills of a final girl. Yes. But (laughs) so lucky for her that this ship was designed with this one specific area where it just (laughs) put a bunch of toxic chemicals into the atmosphere in the cabin. And that, you know, that would easily kill anyone if you actually press the button. But then the alien happened to be sitting right on top of it. You know, that was just... If it was anywhere else on the ship, and I got to tell you, no idea why you would have 
anything that would vent these toxic gases into the main chamber of this escape ship, but whatever, whatever, maybe there's some purpose, but then that she's able to like stun it for long enough so she can open the airlock and just send him flying. Yeah. I also find it a little bit cute that like the alien, I feel like the alien was just sleeping. You know, he was just like taking a nap in there. You don't need to bother it. (laughs) (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, and I love, I love this. Um, I love this next sequence too, where she slowly like gets inside the spacesuit and she's like, singing. Oh yeah. yeah. I don't remember exactly how the song goes, but she's like singing that song. And then you get that really cool fucking shot. Oh, of, yeah, yeah. Like her, like the side of like the helmet, you know, that shot. Yeah. Um, it's just so, so beautifully shot. So and then um, the alien go, like the alien goes to attack her and she like uh, lets it, you know, fly it out into, yeah. well, at first it, for, at first it doesn't go like it's, it grabs onto the side of the ship. Yeah. It's like, like oh the- fuck. Though I did find this funny that there's just this alien like ah and just like hitting the spaceship. <laughs> and I'm just like, all right, cool. <laughs> yeah, that I mean, I think as far as effects go, that that kind of does look a little cheesy now. That, like now that, that one was it. a little bit cheesy. Just like a spinning alien, like, oh no, I'm in space. <laughs> um, and then it, it gets killed by the the fire, the engines, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. Basically yeah. it's like yeah. incinerated, yeah. And Which then you- so so this movie ends at this part, you know, it's like, okay, finally, you know, she's, she's done. We killed the alien. Right. Yeah. Um, but in my, in the back of my mind, I'm like, okay, cool. Awesome. You know, there's a bunch of other aliens at this, this planet. As long as we don't visit this planet, we're fine. Um, but at the same time is that earth, the people on earth were the, pe- were the ones who put them in this situation. Yeah. Why were they so sketchy? Why were they so like, like they set them up for failure. So I'm like, there's a whole bunch of questions at the end of this movie, which mm-hmm. ha- well, luckily James Cameron came into the picture and was like, we're doing a sequel. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's sort of what I was saying earlier. It's just like, I feel like this would have gone so much better for everyone involved. If they had just sent a special ship out there with people who knew what they were doing. Exactly. I agree. Yeah. Everybody, including Ripley, because she followed protocol pretty well up until, you know, if she wasn't working with a bunch of assholes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess like part of part of the whole like chain here that has to happen is someone has to have the face hugger grab onto them so that they can like it. And I don't know that you would have gotten someone who would sign up for that. But even then, you could have like a a crew of scientists and like the one guy who's like there for protection and he doesn't know what he's doing. And then they're just like, you know, whoop. And then there, and he falls. And yeah, it's his history. I just, you know, I really think that that having it go down this way is not the way I would have done it unless I was trying to save a lot of money, mm-hmm. which maybe they were. Yeah, I agree. I think I don't know, and I also really like the way this film ends because it ends with her. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, it ends with her uh, sending out like a, basically a broadcast. And she's like, this is Ripley last survivor of the Nostromo signing off. And then, oh yeah, you know, I, I like the way that this movie ends just because you're not, you're not sure. If like she the, lives fa- or not. like the fate of her character. Like, yeah, I would assume in the my, pers- one, <laughs> yeah, in my personal opinion, I would assume that she, like, if there weren't sequels that happened after this, in my mind, I would have assumed died. she died out there. Like she just, yeah. yeah you know she's still going out there somewhere maybe in hypersleep but i mean at some point she probably you know died but you know obviously she doesn't because she's in the sequels so it's like but i feel like this could have been left alone as a standalone film as well i know that it leaves a lot of questions as you guys brought up just now but i also feel like it it answers just enough questions 
you know, it doesn't answer too many questions to where yeah. you're like, oh, there has to be a sequel. But I think it leaves just enough to the imagination that it could just be a yeah. good enough film on if its this own. This was a standalone film. These questions would be great. It's it's yeah. for discussion. People mm -hmm. would come up with you know so many things or so many like they they come up with their own backstories. So if this was a standalone film, I think it it left enough questions where the movie it didn't take away from the movie. You know. Yeah, right. and I wish that like more movies would do stuff like this nowadays because I feel like if this were released today, you would have had this scene, and then right before the credits, there would have been like a short scene of her like. Uh, arriving back on Earth and like hugging her like little daughter or something yeah, like, like we it, don't like, need so much. You you to don't write. need to have that that one piece to have full closure on the story because like you said it it's it, it answers enough questions. You don't have to answer every question. You just have to like like she's alive. That's enough for the audience to be like cool. And then it really does because so many so many films franchise themselves now that like it, it at least leaves it open enough. For you yeah. to have another story. Yeah. Right. And did you guys know, like, the possible alternative to this ending that I looked up? So apparently um, the writer, the, the writer apparently wanted, this wasn't ever shot. This wasn't ever, like, in the final thing. But they wanted um, eventually the alien to kill Ripley to, like, eat her head off, apparently. This is what I read. It can't, I don't know if it, it's 100% true, but... Uh, apparently the alien would like eat her head, rip it off. And then with the head, apparently mock the voice of Ripley, like signing off Ooh, from that. That would have been great. I would have but loved then that they, ending. Then they were like, no, we're not doing that. We want Ripley to be to be the the surviving person at the end. That would have well, been. There was... Oh, Go sorry. Ahead. No, I was just going to say that would have been chilling <laughs> as fuck. Like, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, for sure. Well, and and I also um, I also watched the uh, director's cut this morning because I think in 2017 they released a director's cut of mm -hmm. the original. Uh, well, apparently, movie. like the actual like movie is like three or four hours long. Yeah, so it, <laughs> apparently, so well, they it, cut it down a lot. So it like the director's cut is actually only one minute, one minute shorter than the original cut, but it. Uh, it had an interesting scene. Yeah, it was 116 minutes versus 117. But it um, it had an interesting scene that basically had Ripley, as she's running around the ship, um, trying to find her way out. She still has the flamethrower at this point. And she walks into this room. And I think it's, I think that she actually sees Dallas, who's like, like splattered up on the wall in like goo basically oh yeah yeah and yeah he's like, and he says to her he's like kill me and then she obliges him and kills him but um it like i don't know why it was cut out of the film uh i mean maybe it was felt like it wasn't really needed well it, it also it could have like, been for like a rating like sometimes you know they have to cut out certain scenes that are too graphic in order to get like an r-rated movie but like all she did was she just like she just like turned the flamethrower on him you don't see him die i i think that it was just like maybe it just because it, it did kind of feel like out of out of what the lore has been so far like to have the alien actually making a nest and like taking dallas back to uh just stick him in there for i don't know a midnight snack <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Maybe maybe it just needs to have like 
one host for like the rest of the face huggers to you know make more of these things maybe maybe it's just more so like they they sometimes they kill the or maybe they don't kill them at all maybe they you know store all of them like that or something i don't know yeah yeah maybe maybe it's It's a good thing to to note i think (laughs) i think that's a really good point that you brought up though cody i like that i because i i have the director's cut version i haven't watched it in a long time but um I may be wrong, but you see a little bit more of the alien in the director's cut version too, right? You do, yeah. Oh, okay. That's what I thought. Because yeah, I know it, that there's like it, a little more of the alien in that, but I, I I prefer the theatrical cut just because you don't see the alien as much. I don't know. Yeah, I I, I like the little like mysterious. Well, I, and I think it does a lot psychologically because especially like nowadays you have CGI and you can make it with a big enough budget, you can make the alien look like whatever you want it to look like. You you almost have to introduce a little bit of that like psychological aspect to it that like you if you just have the audience never see it until the very end yeah. they can fill it in with whatever they want and they'll make it as scary as possible. Yeah. yeah, yep, yep. And I feel like this movie and Jaws did that perfectly, like well executed. Like you oh don't, yeah, like Jaws does exactly I think the same thing that Alien did. Basically, you mm-hmm. don't see the whole creature you just see bits and pieces of it until the very end and then you get like the full scope of what this thing looks like and you're like holy shit you know but i don't know overall it's a great fucking movie i love this movie i think highly recommended everybody put it in your movie like bucket list to watch that one and the second one i think the second one also holds up yeah oh i agree yeah was there anything else you wanted to touch upon before we move on to the ratings no no that's it all right (laughs) so uh we have story rating out of 10 quality rating out of 10 and then the imdb rating and whether or not we think that it has a fair rating or if we think it should be higher or if it should be lower so you guys go first whatever you guys uh whichever one wants to go first you can do your story rating and then we can just go around i would say for a story rating i would give it like a like wait how much out of out of what out Out of of 10 yeah I would I would give it like a nine. I, I think it, it's it's really compelling. There aren't any like glaring plot holes except for the the like one that we talked about a lot at the end where we're like, you know, why not just send something specialized? But even then, you know, I, there there's enough explanation behind it where I I just think it was a great story. I would give it a nine out of ten. Yeah. You know, I'm going to be bold and I'm going to say uh, 10 out of 10. I think this story is what started everything off. Um, you can say that a lot of it is cliche now, but I think this is the this is the original one. I feel like yeah. everything else is the cliches. So you know, I I really com- this story is just great. I think it was original for its time. Um, it still holds up, and you know, even then, the story just keeps on going afterwards. So yeah, I, ten out of ten for me. Yeah, um, I'm gonna give it a ten out of ten as well. So for for exactly the same <laughs> reasons that you said, Sergio, because <laughs> I I feel like the the film of this nature like i just feel like it's a, a, an alien film that we have not seen before like it has a has a very original plot i feel like the characters are really original i think the the alien itself is something that we've never seen before even at that time or since then like i've never seen an alien that looks yeah. like that you know um, exactly but yeah, i feel I, like many people use this alien as a like starting point as, as like, like a template yeah as a template yeah. yeah you know everything else is like okay this is how we now think how aliens look like so let's build off of that yep yep mm-hmm. exactly so uh cody what do you give the quality rating out of 10 
I would give the I would give the quality a ten. I mean, we discussed this at the very beginning of the episode, but this really feels like something like if you accept the like the 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 video quality, which was you know just limited by the technology and the actual computers themselves, mm-hmm. you would not know that this wasn't filmed this year. I mean, the yeah. the, the practical effects are are tremendous. I, we didn't talk about it at the time, but like I just want to give a shout out to the effects people who made like Ash's head, like just after it's decapitated, just still be talking. Like, I I think that that was yeah. really, really well done. I'm going to give it a 10 out of 10 for quality. Yeah. Yeah, I think I'll do 10 out of 10 also. Um, I was close to kind of knocking it off a few pegs only because of the, um, like, the funny yeah. alien whirling in space and how cute the alien looks now, but I'm sure it was terrifying at the, you know, when at it first time. came out at the time, you know, um, but it definitely elevated up with the shots and, you know, with the spaceship itself. Um, it seems big budget now, like, honestly, like it still, it still looks great. And, you know, I think this is art, honestly, like I, yeah. the, how it was filmed is art, the, the, the special angles that they use, the lighting that it uses. I think it, it definitely deserves it's 10, you know, despite the the other things. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm going to go three for three. I'm going to say a 10 out of 10 too, because just, you know, not only from a film, like, like a movie standpoint, it's an enjoyable film to watch, like, but yeah. from a technical standpoint, just like I'm blown away every time I watch this movie because it's like, I, I, it, it blows my mind that this movie is over 40 years old and like, it looks the way it right? does. It's insane yeah. to me. And I watch it and I'm like, holy shit. Like there's movies that have been made in this day and age that don't even look as good as that. Sometimes like there's movies that are being made now that don't even look as good as that, but oh yeah, it's, and they have way bigger budgets than they did at the time, but it's like, yeah. Yeah. wow, it's just insane to me the you know, the level of artistry and mastery that, you know, the director brings to this film, like all the actors bring to this film. Like, I think all the, the acting is really good. Um, Mm -hmm. I think Lambert, you know, here and there, she's kind of, (laughs) I I feel like we're shitting on her. I think she's still a great actress in this film, but like there's times when she just like annoyed me, but you know what? She is another female in space. She is a woman who goes out there on the field. We give it to her. She's just not brave. You know, it's okay. We That's don't get true. scared. Yeah. But I, I don't know. I just, I love the, there's so many great memorable like shots in this film, specifically, like mm-hmm. I said, of the creature. And I want to touch more on the creature itself for a second. I've never, ever before, after this film, ever seen an alien this fucking cool looking. Like I've never seen a single alien after this film yeah. that has looked that cool. Like it, the look of this alien is still at the top tier for me. Like even after 40 it's years, like, I'm still like this alien looks fucking cool. Yeah. Fucking cool, sexy. Like, I mean, I don't, I hope you guys know what I mean by sexy, but just like, like sleek. sleek. Yeah. Sleek and like, like bad ass. Like, I think this, this alien looks great. Like when Cloverfield was coming out, I, you know, and we saw, we finally saw what the alien, like what the, what the creature was. I was a little bummed because I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's what it is. You know, at first I was like, fuck yeah. But then afterwards I'm like, oh, this looks kind of, you know, you know, just like a little bit like what, what I've seen before. Uh, But nothing like, you know, tops this Xenomorph. I don't think, yeah. Yeah. Um, 
so yeah, we were all right on the money with that. All 10 out of 10s for quality, which I, I personally feel this movie fucking deserves that. I feel like it deserves a solid 10 just because of just the fact that, I mean, yeah, they had a high budget at the time, like even a million dollars today is a lot of money, but yeah, it just, oh, it, it just looks so good. Like I can't, I can't, I can't think of a better way to talk about it, but just the phenomenal looking fucking movie, like the lighting, everything about it. I just, it's literally an orgasm to my eyes to watch this film every I'm just like, Oh, but um, <laughs> so the IMDB rating is an 8.4 out of 10. Um, do you guys think it is good where it's at? Or do you guys think it should be higher or lower? I, I should be higher. I think it should be higher. I think that where critics will come into play would be probably the, probably the outdated effects. Um, and possibly, very big possibly, would be the acting. Mm-hmm. Um, only because we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about Lambert, and I think you know she is a little you know out there with with the acting. I think you know maybe a, a few points down for that. I think you know Sigourney Weaver does a does a really great job as being just like a badass bitch. So um, I, I think it it deserves a little higher higher than that. Yeah, I would agree. So I would agree. I would think I would even take it up to like a nine, nine out of 10. I, I wouldn't say it's a perfect film. I don't think there is such a thing as oh, a yeah. perfect film, but yeah, I, I think it, I think it definitely should at least have a nine out of 10, but I'm also happy with an 8.4 because that's still fucking phenomenal. Like you're it's literally no, yeah. a point and a half away from being a perfect movie. So, I mean, and it, exactly. It's, it's got great ratings all across the board. I think you have like a 99% on rotten tomatoes, like a 4.5 out of five on, uh, I think it was Letterbox or something like that, but oh, wow. I mean, it's it's a fantastic film. I think it's damn near a perfect film for like the mm-hmm. time that it was made in. So, uh, yeah. So aside from that, do you guys want to uh, get into the quiz portion of it? Let's let's do it. I mean, it's a good thing we got a refresher. So yeah. All right. <clears throat> so it's it's you up first, Cody. Yes. All right. So question number one. In what year does the film take place? And these are multiple choice, so I'll read them off first. Okay, so A, 2122, B, 2379, C, 3012, or D, 3889? So uh, I recall you correcting us earlier, so I'm going to say A. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. I just didn't know if you guys would remember it or not, so. <laughs> oh, my God. So embarrassing. <laughs> I really thought it said 2037. Me too. What am I doing? Anyways. Okay, Sergio. So, so question number two, how many minutes of time does the Xenomorph have? A, 15 minutes, B, 10 minutes, C, seven, or D, four? Oh, I'm going to say D, four. Yeah, you're right. This was four Ah! minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Can you believe that though? Four minutes of screen time total. And like, it's just insane that it it doesn't feel like it's that short. I don't know. Right? Oh, man. All right. Cody, question number three. What is the name of the commercial spacecraft at the center of the film? A, Prometheus, B, Nostromo, C, Narcissus, or D, Solico? Solico. Oh, you're so lucky. It was uh, the Nostromo, B. Yep, that's true. Correct. Two for two right right now. All right, question number four. Who is the first crew member to die in the film? A, Dallas, B, Lambert, C, Kane, or D, Ash? Uh, Kane, C, Kane. Yep, 
That's right. Cool. Cool. All right, Cody. And what, <laughs> <laughs> Question number five, Cody. According to Ash, what is priority one? A, secure crew safety. B, bring back the life form. C, defend spacecraft. Or D, protect, protect research at all costs. B, bring back the life form. Yep, that is correct. <clears throat> oh, man. <laughs> Question number six, Never. Sergio. What sub what substance best describes the xenomorph's blood? A milk, B human blood, C oil, or D acid? D acid. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Okay. Damn, I should, as you we discussed, be... that is not the xenomorph's uh, blood. All right. No, don't even, don't even. <laughs> it's acid. All right. That that was the question that was online. Pause. So <laughs> you gave me a pause. So I was like, no, am I wrong? <laughs> <laughs> Number seven, Cody, what song does Ripley sing when preparing to get rid of the xenomorph? A, you are my lucky star. B, somewhere over the rainbow. C, what a wonderful world. Or D, you are my sunshine. It is A, you are my lucky star. Nice. Nice job. I was point to see if you sing it. Oh, it was so it was like, I don't know the song um, and I know all the other ones. So, you know, I knew for sure it wasn't any of those because I remember like she's hanging. I'm like, I don't know what song this is. I don't know if I'm supposed to know or if it's something that like she just knows, but like, I don't know the song. Yeah. Um, all right. Question number eight, Sergio, mm -hmm. what was aliens original title? A space warriors B in darkness, C star beast or D Ripley. <laughs> um, okay. I'm either, either in darkness or star beast. I'm going to go with star beast. Yeah, that's correct. Oh, woo, woo. okay, good. <laughs> oh my God, that was tough. I think I read it somewhere though. I feel like I saw it. Yeah. All right, number eight. What is the name of the crew's cat? A, Gordon, B, Jones, C, Clyde, or D, Ridley? It's Ridley, it's Ridley. It's Ridley. <laughs> it's Jones. <laughs> Very correct, that is correct. <clears throat> All right, so Sergio, question number nine. True or false, shredded condoms were used to create the tendons of the beast jaws. Why do I get the tough questions? Um, I'm going to say true. Yep, that's true. Oh, wow. Shredded condoms. They're not used condoms, I'm hoping. No, no, I don't think so. But I'm pretty Imagine, sure. like To get the actual texture of this, we need you all to come into these into these. Well, condoms. what do you think the liquid on the jaws was? Ew! <laughs> <laughs> all right, question number 10, Cody. This one's a little harder. What is Ripley's, okay. what is Ripley's job title in Alien? A, navigation Ooh. officer, B, warrant officer, C, pilot, or D, chief engineer? Well, she Ooh. described herself as third officer at the end of the movie. I'm going to say D. Chief engineer? Yeah. Nope. It was warrant officer. <gasps> uh, oh, does that mean I win? No. Oh, wait. There how many more, more questions? No, because oh, there's, okay, two, there's two more questions. So More questions. Yeah. So I could get this next one wrong. You could. I don't know. All right. So question number 11, Sergio. What is the tagline for Alien? A, you are my lucky star. B, this is Ripley, last survivor, last survivor of the Nostromo, signing off. C, in space, no one can hear you scream. Or D, this time it's war. It's C, in space, no one can hear you scream. 
Yep, that is correct. Okay, so question number 12. How many deaths occur in Alien? A, four, B, six, C, seven, or D, three? I'm going to say seven because we're including the alien in this, right? Because the crew was seven. Ripley survived, but the alien did not. So I'm going to say seven. Yeah, good catch. Because because I was, was hoping that, that, that yeah, that, that was, was a good one. Because I was gonna, I was hoping he'd get thrown off with the six or the seven. Because I, I was like, four and three are obvious. You know, eliminate those two right off the bat. But I was like, oh, yeah. he might, he might have a hard time remembering that the alien. No, that was counts. good. That was good. Nice catch, Cody. That was good. Um, so Sergio won the round by one. You still did a really good job, Cody. Nice job for. Both I tried. Of you. I tried. I'm just. I'm too competitive for my own good. <laughs> yeah, he was trying to find loopholes in there. He was just like, no. He was like, your system is off. Your system. <laughs> right. He's like, yeah. He's like, um, your numbers aren't right. I think I need one yeah, more I question like, here. Oh my <laughs> Listen, god! I'm, all, all I'm trying to do is help myself not be a loser in this scenario. That's it. <laughs> hey, don't, no, no one's a loser here. We're all winners. <laughs> In my Aww. on my pod, on my podcast, there's no losers, just winners. So, I love it. <laughs> but um, on our podcast, I am he's always the, the loser. loser. No, always. Get it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! Anyways, <laughs> oh man, um, I had a blast with you guys. This was fun. Yeah, yeah this, this was fun. fun. We we had a great time. Before we go, did you guys want to plug your podcast in one more time? Yes, definitely. Um, please, please, uh, if you guys have a chance, uh, we are starting our second season. Our first season is already out. We have um, a ton of ton of you know episodes. We have about like maybe thirteen episodes with like bonus episodes as well. If you want to listen to them, mm-hmm. uh, they are on all platforms. It's called the Horror Bandwagon uh, with your hosts, me Sergio and me Cody. And you know, please. Also follow us on Instagram at the Heart Bandwagon. We post a lot of good shit there too, fun promos as well. Uh, you also get to hear from you know the Wheel of Hard podcast as well. From there, we post a lot of you know repost a lot of their stuff as well because we love them, uh, oh. love them as if there's like a whole crew. But we love you, <laughs> Michael. <laughs> I know. I think some uh, people. I think some people. Um, either aren't like super up to date on my podcast and they still yeah, think yeah. Ro- they still think Roman is a host on my podcast. Oh, so like, yeah. I'll, I'll get people like messaging me sometimes like, congratulations guys on hitting that. that and I'm like, <laughs> and I, I, I don't have the heart to correct them. Cause I just feel like that sounds rude. So yeah. I'm just like, thanks. I appreciate that. Like, I, I just feel like it'd be rude to just be like, Imagine. thanks. But by the way, it's just me. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Don't get, don't get it twisted. It's just me now. Oh, so, <laughs> but yeah. And also, if, if you guys would love to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, uh, we would so appreciate it. Uh, we have a great lineup of movies coming up this season. So head on over there. T- take a listen. Uh, hear me torture Cody some more. <laughs> and we hopefully will have you on at, at, in a future episode. Yeah, we would love to. Yes, 100%. I'm so excited to do that. Um, yeah, very, very excited. I'm very, very happy that you guys wanted to come on today because... As we said before at the start of the episode, this was something we talked about for a while. And I don't know, it, it came fast. You guys are my first episode in February. So what a way to fucking kick off this month Ooh. of February to have it with you yeah. guys. Yeah. <laughs> yes, everyone, happy val- future Valentine's Day. Happy uh, Black History Month. You know, like shout all out the- to all the uh, Black Heart icons out there, directors, actors, you know, definitely yes. gr- great to, ha- to have a good start uh, of February. Absolutely. For sure. 
And uh, yeah, before we go, um, you can find me at We Love Horror Podcast um, on Instagram. I, you can also email me at welovehorrorpod at gmail.com. And I just wanted to also say thank you to Cody and Sergio for coming on the show. Not just coming on the show, but also you guys have just been so supportive of me this past year. And like so many people on social media have been so supportive and like people that listen to this podcast, like this past week, um, I just hit quite a few milestones that I wanted to, you know, share with people on the podcast. So I reached 2000 total plays on my, you know, podcast. So that means 2000, you know, total listens. So that was really exciting for me. Um, and then I just reached a thousand followers on Instagram. So thank you. Thank you guys so much. So of course, you guys are you guys are awesome and i i'm happy to call you my friends and i'm Aww. looking forward to doing future episodes with you guys and thank you to all the people that have just been so supportive of me this past year it means everything to me so yeah and with that being said uh if you guys don't have anything else to say do you guys want to sh- sign off with me definitely yeah all right so um next week i will be joined by two chicks in a horror flick and we are going to Ooh. put two- yeah i'm so excited we're going to put two <laughs> So I think we're going with a possession theme next week. So I think we're going to put Emily Rose, uh, the exorcism of Emily Rose up against the last exorcism. So that should be very interesting to. Oh, uh, that's awesome. That's yeah. an awesome one. Very, yeah. very excited to see uh, which one wins in that mashup. Uh, just because I don't have a really good idea of which one will win because they're both really great freaking mm-hmm. movies. So, um, but yeah, that's what to expect next week. Um, I'm sure at some point in the future, I will have the horror bandwagon on again. So look out for that, guys. So, <laughs> but uh, I hope you guys are all having a good weekend wherever you are. And uh, I'll see you guys next week. Bye. See you guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.